as surfers, we have a natural love for the ocean, being in the water and chasing thrills. Surfing and surf culture is at the core of Loose. We are a brand made for all-day thrill seekers, experience makers, and good time chasers. Inspired by the elements of surf that excite us the most, we create products begging for adventure, both into the water and out of the water. There's no stamp of approval needed to vibe with our tribe. So drop your inhibitions and get loose because fun feels better. Loose towels. Since 1991, Caballero Pools and Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Earth Pack. Customized, eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, EarthPack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. EarthPack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Hi. Our guest this week has a family-owned surf shop that's approaching 40 years in business. They are one of the first snowboard shops, if not the first, and they continue today as one of the few core board shops that specialize in surf, skate, and snow with a well-stocked lineup of all the top brands. They offer incredible customer service, in-house hand shapes, as well as on-site ding repair, beach rentals, snowboard tune-ups, repairs, and much more. This husband and wife duo surf most mornings before work. I've seen them out there. Maybe, maybe that's the, the magic right there. And they have a rig, are there, I'm sorry, I'm screwing this up, but I want to say they're regatta enthusiasts and race sail boats. Yes. Yes. Okay. Water people. Water people. And they spend more days than most on the mountain snowboarding every season. Frozen water people. Yes. (laughs) It's all the same. We welcomed a corner store in the Seal Beach surf community since 1984. In-flight surf shop owner, Mr. Scott Scarby Scarborough. Woo! Yes. Thank you. It's an honor. on almost 40 years. It's an honor and a privilege. We've been... uh, trying to nail this down for a while yeah yeah Yeah. so i'm not a 
boat person, but like regatta is like a series of. It's a race. It's just a race. Yes. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's just uh, a race with a bunch of different type of boats, and they break them into two classes. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. We have a lot to get into and go through because <laughs> you you're pretty much one of those one of the most interesting men in the surf skate snow industry. Uh, and one thing that, you know, we definitely want to help get the word out is that your son started a brand called Haggard Pirate. That's fucking awesome. Haggard Pirate. <laughs> and it's, it's another like salty brand, right? Yes. Fishing, surfing, whatever. Water. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Just and what's your son's name? Jake. Jake. And when did he start it? Gosh. Course, there's gonna be dates here. Uh, this is like <laughs> high school, right? Um, probably eight years ago. Nice, yeah, yeah. He retired from motocross and was bored out of his mind. And was he a, a pro motor? Yes, wow, yes, okay. So, you guys did that too, all the yes. you know, because we know well, we'll get into it. They're the California yeah. lifestyle, yes, <laughs> okay. Sorry, okay, let's go, let's okay. go at the very beginning, <laughs> okay. Um, First and foremost, where did you grow up and how did you find surfing? I grew up in Buena Park. My uncle worked for a surfboard manufacturer called Santa Monica Space Vehicles. What? Um, That's a surfboard brand? It was. Okay. Um, Santa Monica Space Vehicles. That so, you know, this was the 60s. Okay. It made sense. Yeah, space and, was blowing up. Uh, right. new, well, no, it was here. more like Stony. space vehicles, meaning like stoned out of your mind. Yeah, kind oh, of space vehicles. Nice. So, uh, so yeah. my first Far board, out, I, man. I was eight years old. It was psychedelic colored, and it had a pot leaf on the bottom with smoke airbrushed coming out of it. That was your first board? That was my first board at eight years old. And your uncle shaped it or worked No, he for the worked company? there. He airbrushed it. Wow. Yes. Uh, Did your dad surf? No. No. My dad was a workaholic. My grandparents lived here in Huntington, so my mom brought us to Huntington every day, and we surfed. Typically, Golden West, and at that time, Golden West was like a dirt road. That what was a, a trip. That yeah. was a really popular spot. Like all, like that was kind of like the OG surf spot outside of the pier. Like the cliffs yeah. was su- super popular. Most. I, well, you could have fires on the beach, and we didn't have wetsuits, so it was like you built a fire. You surfed for a little while, you came in and hung out next to the fire, and then you went back out. Yeah. Did you have any siblings that surfed with you? Like any, I had a brother. Yeah. Sur- he, so older, younger? He or? was older, a couple years older. He passed away when I was like 17. Oof. Oh, wow. Uh, drunk driving. A drunk driver hit him in the driver door. And, oh, shit. Yeah, so uh, Gnarly. he never really got to go past that. But Wow. But the funny part, going back to the, the fun part of all this, is... Yeah. Uh, I got my first surfboard at eight, and I knew then I was going to own a surf shop. Really? Yes. That's Predestined. Uh, yes. You just said, you know what? This I is it. it. Have you been? So how old were you? Sorry. I was eight. Eight years old. Eight okay. years old, and I literally would listen to every Beach Boy album, every album. I'd have it on my little turntable next to my bed and let them just click through till I fell asleep. What was this surf shop like vibe? Work, you know, did you see any surf shops that yeah, young? Yeah, Buena Park. Oh, sure, you had Jacks. Yeah, but like uh, that was your like you you got your board. You've already been in surf shops. You're like yeah. So basically, we had Jacks. We had 
Wayne Brown, we have Plastic Fantastic, we had The Greek, we had Infinity, uh, Georges. Huntington was a mecca of, yeah. of surf. surf and yeah. the, I don't know where else in the world they had that many shops so putting out that much good product for what we knew of at the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, we look at them now and go, oh, what a piece of shit. But at the time, those were, that was where it was happening. That was the scene. And yeah. what's a trip, dude, is like eight years old is fucking young. Really young. Like really young. And, you know, if you're, if you live by the beach, you could start earlier, six years old, if your parents surf. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But yeah. you're inland, not too far inland, but still inland. Oh, I'm inland, yeah. I'm yeah. Point apart. Yeah. And starting at eight, that's pretty young. Yes. And you understood, like, like your uncle, he would come to the house. He'd talk about surfing. And we would go to, he, you know, I was at Huntington all the time. Wow. Because my grandparents were there, so my, parent, my mom would just bring us to the beach every day, and especially in the summer. And in, in those days, West. you know, you just went to the beach, and it's like, come back when the streetlights come on. Yeah. Just, you know what it, I mean? Yeah. It, it was, was pretty loose. Different. Yeah, really loose yeah. back then. We talked about that all the time. It's when the streetlights went on is when it's you went when home. When you had to come home. Yeah. Don't come home before that, because yeah. they'll take you right back out. Yeah. Don't screw up the house. You guys are gonna break stuff and get the house dirty. You know, like <laughs> so. Yeah. How did you try other boards, or did you get that board right off? Oh the no! Bat? Immediately. Uh, well, I, I kept that for a while, you know, because in those but days that was your first. You're board. eight years old, okay? So it's like for the first couple of years, you're only surfing the summertime. Yeah. Too cold in the winter. There's right. no wetsuits. Yeah. It's, uh, but you got quickly immersed into it. But I was it. into it. So, you know, we were skateboarding. We were going to uh, Toy World and buying skateboards. Uh, there was one that I loved called a, a Black Knight. It was, you know, clay wheels. Wood. Wood with clay wheels. And it was like... Um, <laughs> with the Black Knight, like, graphic. Guy, yeah, with a guy on the yeah. freaking horse. With, with his, the lance. Yeah, exactly. And they were called Black Knights. They were yeah. great. And you bought them at Toy World. So... To us, we were still surfing every day, but we were just on skateboards. Yeah. Were your friends into skateboarding and surfing too? Yeah, my na our, our neighbors were the Simmonses. You ever heard of Simmons Mattress? No yes. way. Yeah. Them? Yeah, and they used to build them right here in Buena Park. Wow. Right off Beach Boulevard. And then they combined Simmons Sealy, or no, they're- Well, then they sold later in life. Yeah. And, but at that time, they were building them right here, and they were our neighbors. How funny. So they had two boys also. Uh, Scott Simmons and Steve Simmons that were our best friends. We had paper routes together, everything. Rat pack. So, uh, yeah, so between their parents and my parents, we were just all at the beach all the time. Yeah. And they so were weekend cool. warriors, just pack it all up. They were up. just like us. We were beach, water beach families. Like, yeah. 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 And uh, what kind of car did you guys have? So I've, I've Station asked. wagon. That's random, but yeah. Well, uh, most of the time, my dad always had a pickup truck at the house. So everybody just jumped in the back of the pickup truck yeah. and we jammed down Beach Boulevard. Yeah, that's why I kind of wanted to bring that up because back in the day, you had a pickup truck or a station wagon and- yeah. Everybody piled in. Everybody piled in. No seat belts. No seat belts. No. Um, dude, you, no seat belt and people would drink. Oh. People could drink beers. While you drove, and and smoke. But my mom, did, my mom didn't drink, so we were safe there. Yeah. And that part I always laugh about that. I always remember coming. We always went up Beach Boulevard, and my mom knew all the stands on the farms because Beach Boulevard was full of farms going up, and she knew all the stands. And my mom was from the south, 
So she really did a lot of canning. Uh, so she would go to whatever was ripe at that time and stop at the vegetable stands on the way home and yeah and she would she would and take them all can home, it can up them. At home that's yeah. awesome what a trip <laughs> i know i i you know my Knott's grandparents farm everybody, was truly a berry farm yeah, yeah everybody grew up like generation here you know grandparents yeah. and it was like yeah dirt road and all farmland and oil yeah. wells there's no yeah. houses oil wells Crazy. yeah and my, i wonder like how many streets came from inland like beach boulevard direct like warner right like well, not many. Yeah, not Beach, many. Harbor, Euclid, uh, and Brookhurst were the main ones. Yeah. So, like, we used to surf stacks all the time. We called it stacks. And that Smoke was our stacks. main spot. Yeah. yeah. Newland. Newland. Yeah. But uh, that was our main spot. So, we just came straight down Brookhurst to go surf there. So, that first marijuana pot leaf board, that was your first board first ever? First board, yeah. It was a single fin? Oh, of course. Okay. And so, did your uncle, like, teach you how to surf or did yes. you just like yeah he kind of but you know and the, yeah like i said it's the 60s so they're all <laughs> partying they're partying they, yeah. no you just went out and learned yeah you just went out and did it you just so, watched what they did and, and then you figured it out yeah right well, that, when you're a kid you're so impressionable with like the the older because you know yeah. we talk about surfing where it's like most other sports other things you do is with kind of like that same age yeah. group and then surfing you're you're hanging out with like the adults so right and they're doing everything there's no kids no, hardly yeah so, so you're are they exposed. like stereotypical hippies oh totally like long hair totally mustaches <laughs> smoking cigs shirtless uh, white shirtless <laughs> with bell bottoms cut off vietnam bet yeah crazy yes all, you, all I can hear is Jimi Hendrix in my mind right now. Totally. <laughs> and, and the Beach Boys. And you, and you guys were kind of the outcasts in like society still. Like Absolutely. it wasn't very like accepted. Like oh, the surfer dudes, you know. Like to this day, my dad's passed away now, but he'd never seen me surf a day in my life. You're wow. kidding? No. That yeah. is nuts. Yeah. Isn't it a trip how the older generation they work so much that yeah, like. They'll do sports and stuff, but if it's extracurricular, it, you know what I mean? They, it's not that they checked out, but they didn't want to, like, you know. Well, they just can't, they just grew up in gnarly times. Yeah. You know, that, and like, totally it was, you know, work, 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 school, you know, get a job, raise a family, like, and, and you're, you kind of, you know, now it's like balanced, you know? Yeah. I want to have fun. I want my kids to have fun. We want to have fun and, you know, like, yeah, yeah, incorporate yeah. that into the life. Yeah, we've never seen the, the depression. No, you know, the the real thing, and they yeah. lived through it. So it was like, uh, never want to go back there again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you so, had kids just to help out around that to work, house the work and farm. You know, like yeah. that's what it was. So um, after that first board, so did that progress? Did you get? Yeah. Good? So so he actually came back a few years later and wanted the board back. <laughs> he, he had gone to Vietnam, uh, and came back, and wanted his board back so so this is pre-vietnam yeah that you got that board yeah and yeah then, okay and then uh when he came back he wanted his board back which totally cool uh you know i'm sure he gave it to me because he was going yeah and uh so my mom took me down to huntington and i went into wayne brown and i bought a use um double wing swallow Seven four Wayne Brown, wow, single fin, yellow with two red lightning bolts down the 
Down the rails? Down the rails. The, the best Classic looking look. airbrush ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was resin in those days? Or include, yeah, that was resin. Okay. And what what would what the board cost if you remember like uh, that one was used. I think we paid about fifty bucks for that okay. one. Yeah. That's still a lot of money. You was know? Wayne Brown that was on, a lot of money. On Main Street? No, it was on Coast Highway. Okay. So right next door to each other was Wayne Brown, Plastic Fantastic, Infinity and Greek. They're all next door to each other, right on Coast Highway. We're at like on Coast so, Highway. So like Jax Where wasn't Jax's... as big as it is now. Jax was on the corner. And then the, uh, what's it? Uh, the, the liquor, liquor store, store there. Sessions the and all that. Liquor yeah. store there. And then the movie uh, theater. And then all down that way. And then the movie theater was up the street over here on the yeah. Lab Surf Theater. Wimpy's was there too, right? Across. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember Wimpy's, but that was later, maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, there wasn't a lot. So basically, you had all those shops right next to each other, and then where, then you had uh, the Golden Bear was over by where Huntington Service Sport is now. Yeah. So, when did you like get hooked on surfing from from the pot leaf board or from the? Well, from the pot leaf board, I was I was destined. I was. It was my life. It was going to be my life. I knew that. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, I we lived in Buena Park and we surfed, you know, as much as we possibly. You know, it's funny. I, I, I think a lot of times with the the um, inland kids want it more. Yep. They have to they have to put more into it to, you know, like Courtney Conalog. Yeah. Right. They, they for them to get to the beach and do it. It's it's. They have to put more into it than a lot yeah. of kids that live at the beach. Yeah. Right? So that was kind of how we were. And then when I, in junior high school, first year of junior high school, I'm not sure what grade that is. I think it's, back then it was seventh grade, right? Seventh grade. Yeah. Instead of moving closer to the beach, we moved further away. Ooh. Oof. Where to? Fullerton. Sunny Hills. Dang. And what was the move? Job or just better house family moving better house my yeah. dad was doing better and move moving up Fullerton, Sub yeah. suburbia yeah we're moving up in the world and um, that's tough that's that's a heartbreak for a kid that's... It, it was because I remember driving when we would as I got older it made me realize because when I was younger was you know it was there was it was just farms then you're at the beach so you didn't realize you didn't live right at the beach yeah not till traffic and everything started getting denser that you realized it took longer and longer to get there. Right. Um, but I have to say, it was the greatest move ever. <laughs> because I met my best friends that are still my best friends now, which is Winchell, uh, George Demos, uh, another All guy. All three of you guys came from yeah. Fullerton? Yeah. What a Mike trip. Mike uh, Todd Jacobs. And I, I still surf with these guys constantly. So, so Sunny Hills was the little mecca for the that surf. That was our little, well, we were the only ones, right? So we were like, our, we were all best friends. And there was a place there called the V, which was famous in the skateboarding world. Mm. And we lived right by it. So we all skateboarded barefoot in those days because. Couldn't ruin your shoes, the one pair you got. And it was more like surfing. Yeah. And our boards were skinny, so you kind of wrapped your toes and. And dude, we just went up on the walls and it was all about trying to get barreled wow. and we were surfing. Yeah. Right? So that's what we did all 
winter and are you guys all the same age right? yeah we're all the same. well i'm a year younger but i we're all in the same grade yeah and uh, i just started early at school i guess so because like i graduated at 17 and a half or something so we got guys like long hair absolutely little... Little toe-headed grass. <laughs> here, part of the middle, surfer bangs, <laughs> no shoes. Cut was, off Levi's? Uh, hang, hang. Or OP? Was hang, hang 10. 10. Hang 10. Uh, but what's funny about this is is back then I was, my mom was a great seamstress and she would make trunks for all of us. So I had my own little surf trunk business and my mom would make trunks for all of us are you freaking kidding that me? is awesome out of what material scratch like you'd yeah. make them you'd sell them yeah what kind of material well my mom was smart about it. whatever she you know nylons most likely. uh the drapery yeah. uh drapes over there off the uh <laughs> if we wanted it to look like that she would make them out of that yeah so we were doing like the different color panels and all the stuff that we thought was cool and this was the 70s yeah by now um so yeah we made the for the watch bands that were we would take Velcro and then sew it together and put it through your watch band and Velcro it. No wow. way. Yeah. That started way back then. Yes. Yes. <laughs> just think if you would have just stuck with it. Stuck with it. I yeah. mean, you would have been the stylized, right? Or no, not I stylized. I think what happened stuff. was my mom got tired of making shorts for all the kids and not getting paid Freestyle. for them. Freestyle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Freestyle was the one with the Velcro bands, right? Yeah. Yeah. Freestyle. Yeah. Yeah. What a trip. So um, so we wore a lot of those, but yeah, Hang 10 was the thing. Yeah. Any other, like, so Huntington's your go-to, whether it's, you know, the Smokestacks or Golden West, Cliffs, where? where... So there again, we all met it. So we kind of moved down towards Brookhurst a bit by that time, right? Way back then. Yeah. Okay. And we were surfing Brookhurst at that time because we, we'd come down Brookhurst. You said, what are the main streets that would come down? Yeah. And Brookhurst is one of the streets we'd come down. And in those days, we would all park on Coast Highway. The bathrooms and all that was just trashed. Mm. And we just parked on Coast Highway and you'd walk across. Uh, and so we all surfed Brookhurst a lot. How did you get to the beach? Car or somebody? Well, when we were parents? younger, before any of us drove, we all of us, one of our parents would be taking us constantly. One yeah. of the moms are constantly. Because <laughs> all of us had, none of our moms worked. So they could take us to the beach before school in the morning. You'd go before school? And we lived in Fullerton. Wow, that's great parents. How? Okay, at 15, 14, 15, the moped craze came around. Oh, Pooks, Peugeot. Peugeots, uh, yeah, all those. Yeah. I had a Peugeot, a what, red one. What? Yeah, there's uh, Pooks, like P U C H, yeah. right? Exactly, or P O C H, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. No, were those the like pedal. a pedal yeah. with a yeah. little 50cc motor on it? Those were rad. So they were rad. That so was your mode of transportation. That was brand new at that time. So No license needed? No license needed. And so we ended up getting those and having those the bike first racks. -bikes. On the, <laughs> and we had the bike racks on the back. 100%. With a, uh, Remember, have you seen those bike racks that go on the back axle and it has like two V's coming out of your board sits yeah, in the back? That's yeah, the, that's how they did. You know, yeah, that's right. And then they tied to the seat. So pretty soon we all had those. And you'd ride from we Fullerton. we ride those before school, down Brookhurst all the way, surf with our metal shop teacher, with Mr. Maroney, and then go all, and he'd get us all, make sure we were all getting out of the water, and he'd go back to start metal shop, and we'd be there. We'd ride our bikes right to school so and he left park them in the back at the metal shop you wow. winchell and demos 
uh, me, Winchell Demos, and another guy named Mike Bordy, which wow. was a great friend of ours. That he does, he's not really a, doesn't surf much anymore. I wish he would. But he how does. long would it take you on your moped? And what, would you go down Probably like riverbeds or? An hour. No, we pretty much come straight down Brookhurst. Yeah. Because early in the morning in those days, the lights weren't red. They would just flash yellow. And there was like half, half as many stops. There or was hardly any stops, especially on Brookhurst. Yeah. So okay. we didn't even stop any. And we were just freaking wetsuits on, booties on, everything on because it's freezing. The whole way the up. The whole way and all the whole way, way back. And you, <laughs> you could get there and back on like a tank, which oh, was even like a was, gallon. I mean, you'd exactly. fill up for, what, 50, 60 cents? <laughs> yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And freaking Winchell, his parents were so cool. They were always really loose. He had a, a Honda, a, like 250 or something. So he brought his motorcycle, a proper wow. motorcycle with no license. Hey, I'll, I'll be out in the lineup when you need a little suckers yeah. get there in 20 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> Tom was always there first. And then Tom's parents let him start driving her his mom's car at like 15. So then we're all hanging in Tom's car. Then he once he started driving the purple Mazda, uh, the pink Mazda we call it, but it was supposed to be purple at one time and then it faded out to pink. We just freaking loaded the boards in that thing and we'd take the front seat and lean it back and we'd sit in the back and just stack all stack the boards. Stack the boards, there. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. That is amazing. Yeah. So who who was like the best surfer out of your group? Winchell. Okay. Was there always like that little competition? I mean, Tom was always better. He was just, he was clearly better. Yeah. He was one of those kids that... We won't let him, we'll cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was one of those guys that he could lift a Coke can, a beer can, and grow muscle where none of us could. We're skinny little rats, and Tom's got power. He, he was a early Gift. mature, yeah, you know, gifted like little... Yeah, and he was, a, he was like the linebacker in football. He never had to practice or anything. Somehow he surfed with us. Everyone, oh, they're all working, <laughs> working out. He's freaking surfing with us. But they would give him the ball on Friday night, and he'd run over everybody. And <laughs> Tom was a great running back in high school. Wow, that's yes. awesome. I didn't know Tom was such a jock. Yeah. Right? Well, he wasn't. He was a surfer. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't a jock at all. But sometimes yeah. you have to make parents happy to do it, like a real, you know, sport, and you know they're always pushing. He probably dug it though, right? Chicks. I, no, I think he did it more for his mom okay. and, and scholarships to go to college. Oh. Uh, but by the time high school was over, his poor knees were just blown apart. Way back then. Way back then. He's been fighting it ever since yeah. then. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there was no you know, workout. Medicine. Yeah, sports medicine or, 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 you know, prevention, like, you know, stretches or workout. It was just go get beat up and then pop yeah. a pill. And yeah. And I they, well, they didn't have the, the no spearing, you know, guys just driving their helmets right into their knees and oh yeah yeah so tom's fought his knees and his back uh ever since freaking high school what what uh what wetsuits were you guys wearing what frame? Oh, man well you know i got my first wetsuit was an o'neill um sleeves you know beaver tails what we called them yeah and it was just a zip up the front had the beaver tail hanging down and that was my first wetsuit, and it was an O'Neill. Yeah, no, no, just trunks. Just trunks. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so you surfed and your balls were like freaking raisins, and then it was like, okay, I gotta get out. And that's where yeah, you wanted to go to beaches where you could do fires and yeah, you know yeah. So and I remember for Christmas, my first full suit I got in junior high school, 
and it was a Bailey, a Bailey full suit. Yeah, I've heard of Baileys. Yeah, and I got it from Robert August. Wow. Yeah. So, as a Grom, yeah, were you, was there like dudes you were looking up to at these surf spots? Like that you were like, oh no. shit, there's no because you gotta remember at that at that period. If you're over 18, you went to Vietnam. Oh, yeah. So there weren't older dudes in the water. That's kind of hard to, to think about. To understand. Uh, and for, you forget that, yeah. Right. So 18 and over, they're in Vietnam. So it's like... Uh, so you guys had So 18. you either have the crazy fucks back from Vietnam that you stayed away from, or we were just doing our thing. So no, we didn't have... The lineup was nothing like what these kids deal with now. Um, and then on the other thing, we never would back talk or say anything to the older, to the older guys. Yeah. And you didn't even look at them because they might come over and just slap you. Yeah. Backhand you. Yeah. Rip yeah. your board off and they take it to the beach and fucking break the fin off of it. Yeah. Because most of the fins those days were glassed on or if they were in a box, they would just go over and fucking break it out. Yeah. So I'd go home punk. What a trip! It was so <laughs> like, people were so mean back then. Oh like, yeah, it they was, were. Like I grew up at the pier, and it was gnarly when we were kids. They well, know- it was it was a I, I don't want to call it mean because it was I don't think it was so mean spirited. It was more you're disrespecting him. Yeah. See, there's no respect for your elders now, and in the, we were taught you respect your elders. Yeah, if he's older than you, I don't care if he's a bum yeah. on the street. It, you had to respect them for being older than you. And they weren't just doing it to do it. They were doing it because they were putting you in check of being disrespectful exactly. or doing something yeah. wrong. It was, yeah, there was never just maliciously, like, just brutes. They ha- there was always a reason, but you you had to be on your yeah. tippy toes and be cool and kind of slide out and yeah. not Otherwise bother anybody. Yeah, backhanded. So that's why you guys can just kind of free flow from every surf spot to surf spot, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you didn't yeah. really have to deal with the... Localism or no in Southern California, I I never felt any, you know, and, and I, I to this day I hear people say, yeah, it's, here it's kind of local there. It's like I never for I never felt any localism here in Southern California. What a trip! I have yeah. <laughs> really. I mean, yeah. where, dude, of all the dumb places, <laughs> Huntington for sure, but at. Freaking Crystal Cove, Scotchman's Cove. Oh, okay, I can see it there. Yeah, some... There were those spots. Yeah. Yes, yes. And these yes. guys sucked. I hope they listen to this podcast. <laughs> Typically, yeah. the guy that's barking the loudest is Sucks. the biggest wannabe. Yeah, for sure. Right? He's the insta bro. Well, yeah. it, you know, it's it's you, you time and time again. And hey, if it's a world class wave, like yeah, you're gonna that's gonna be your go to spot. But most of these spots are mediocre. They don't break all the time and. Those guys don't travel up and down the coast. They will yeah. never surf other spots, and that's their home, and that's their spot. And they you know, try like, to protect it. Well, you never see them. Like, because I'm surfing up and down the coast. I'm surfing over here that's one right. day. In the summer, I'm going down this right. spot. In the winter, I'm going to this spot. Yeah. I'm like, I'm surfing all over. Yeah, that same guy. He moved into Surfside five years ago, and he surfs there every single day. And he's <laughs> yeah. the freaking hardcore local. Yeah. It's like, oh, Who are we talking about? Ball. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. So, what other spots? You know, as soon as you get the bug and you're coming down, like, uh, so as soon as we could drive, yeah. We started surfing Newport. Okay. Didn't go far. No, like no streets. No Ocean Drive, no San Diego, no. And the jetties were fairly new. Well, yeah, the jetties were new. My dad worked on putting all the jetties in. He ran tractors, but it was earth moving, heavy equipment. Oh, wow. And so we had tractors on the beach there that he was renting to his buddy, Bob Fulton, that had the job to putting in all the jetties. 
So we were down there when they were putting in all the jetties. Okay. So, um, yeah, we started surfing, you know, in the winter, we surfed 28th Street a lot in Black East. <laughs> Which is good in the winter. It's a great, it's the best winter spot around, yeah. I think. When, yeah. If there's a good Northwest swell, you cannot meet, beat Blackies. Yeah, yeah. The problem now is you got... Too many people. Too many people. Yeah. I don't want to say longboarders, but when we were kids at that time, there was nobody longboarding. Yeah. Longboards that were being thrown away in the 70s. No one thought anybody would ever ride them again. So trippy. Yeah. All these things that we haven't really talked about with other guests, you know, because of, of that, the age you were and and the the span of time that you're talking about yeah 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 you know? like yeah. the the vietnam war it, it's a it's it's a trip because that you know that's big big wednesday right yes, yes. we think about big wednesday yeah, and, yeah. and we think about surfing and we think yeah. about the vietnam war yeah and to to hear being a grom or, or like teenager at that time and you you know because we see the age of of going to war draft yeah we we see that but not the the little kids that the one few eight few years younger than that yeah yeah know? right so, and so talking, i think the draft stopped in 1975 74 75 i graduated in 78 so <laughs> so crazy we still had to go sign up for the draft even yeah. at 18. though it had stopped when it turned 18 we still had to go sign up for it yeah so were there competitions? Did you guys, was there? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. There was probably some. Um, I never looked at that. It, the, the surf competition definitely started later. You know, building later in, yeah. the, in the years. Um, I would say the 80s really was the strong, you know, with uh, Pat's dad, um, Oh, Chuck Allen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chuck Allen. Yeah, he kind of yeah, late seventies. You know, was kind of his his push for you yeah, know, and the he NSSA. started the, the Scholastic. Yeah. You know, let's make it where the kids are school oriented and all of that. Um, but that was never really my thing. I was I, I got into surfing for for the adventure, travel, the travel, the the adventure, the the dream of going to these places. Yeah. And, because we were looking surf at theater and watching these movies and yeah, you know, exotic and warm and were you um, were you looking at mags and studying course, them back and front magazines. to back and absolutely yeah, and, absolutely. and when surf movies were you'd see the posters dude you'd be going Huntington. to the movie theater yeah you'd go to the movie theater here in Huntington because that's about the only place you could see a surf movie yeah do you remember the first surf movie you saw absolutely <laughs> what was it Five Summer Stories Ooh. nice and I remember. Standing in line all the way around the freaking theater, <laughs> and uh, these older guys, you know, by then we're all long hair, we're we're thinking we're pretty cool, and these older guys light up a joint and they're passing it down, and they hand it to me, and I'm like, I take a little puff can't, off of it. Can't pass this up. First time, I'm yeah, gonna get clowned. They just passed it down. I don't remember really getting stoned or anything yeah. off of it. You were just too hyped up, like I, I well, and I, you know, it was dirt weed in those days. It, freaking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't remember getting high, but I remember doing it and trying not to inhale any of it. 
just didn't want to get called out. Go, I yeah. didn't want to get yeah. called out. I just wanted to keep it going down the line. <laughs> yeah. Well, we right? talk we talk about yeah. those movies on like all the commotion before you know the the drapes come out. Oh, and yeah. The beer the bottles, the scrape, the, the beer moves. bottles, you, beer bottles rolling, rolling down, down the, the floor. freaking aisles. Yeah. Yes. Because they were all, you know, they're downhill because the seat. Yeah, so yeah. you drop yours and it just rolls down to the bottom. And the whistle, <laughs> once that thing that gets dark, those things uh, come about, the, the, the place hooting. just erupted. The, everyone yeah. starts Because you don't get that enthusiasm no. in a traditional, like, no. cinema, like, movie, like no. a Hollywood movie. But just when surf. It's, just surf. Yeah. And, and it was really something special. Yeah. And oh, really, man. you really felt it. Yeah. Like, you were there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The music. The, the music. The you lose your voice. I mean, if it's, uh, it was, you know, the right crowd. It was crowd, so you... real to us. It was just, and that's what surfing was to me. It wasn't contest. I even thought about doing a contest. Why would I do that? I want to fucking go surf over here by myself. Yeah. Uh, so that, I, I was just, you know, I had a different idea of why I surfed. Were you a good student in school? Were your parents really focused on like school academically? If it wasn't for metal shop, wood shop, auto shop. <laughs> you would not be interested <laughs> I wouldn't have made it through school. Yeah. They, it's, and they don't have that anymore. They, they do at some schools, but it's not very, it's not like what it used to be. Yeah. I, I was short some credits for history. And. Um, All right, interview's over. His guy had us this phone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what did they. What, and, and so my metal shop teacher, Mr. Maroney, that we used to surf with and everything all the time, he knew I was a good kid. Um, How did he surf? He was a good surfer. That's cool. And he still rode a longboard. That's he cool. He was one of the only few people I knew that still rode a longboard. And uh, I was short credits, and I went to him. I was telling him the whole thing, and he goes, let me go talk to your history teacher. And he comes back. He says, okay, she's the soccer coach. And so in those days, only girls played soccer. Really? In school. Dang. Yeah. And... We didn't even know what soccer was, basically. But huh. only girls played it. And so she was the girl's soccer coach. And they, it was new, so they needed to be goalies made. And I was a good welder at that time. So I built, me and one of my other buddies built the goals for the school and got at Metal Shop. And we got our, she gave us our credit so I could graduate. <laughs> smart. Yeah, that <laughs> I mean, is smart. I mean, I talked to, like, you know, my dad might be a, you know, a little older, but he was like, yeah, they had... All the classes you were just saying, you know, the, all the different shops. See, they, they had boxing as like one of those like school courses. Yeah, yeah. PE. or oh, like PE, like you know, wrestling was yeah. kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I'm like, wow, that that's awesome. You know, yeah. like they're kind of so hands on. What was your first surf travels? Um, my dad was a president of Pop Warner Football for probably five years. Hmm. And so when I was young, in Buena Park, um, we used to go, he would take a team every year over to Hawaii and play Schofield Barracks. Um, the base over there had a football team. Is that by North Shore? No, in it's, it's by the harbor. Oh, okay. Like by the, yeah. I didn't play football. My brother played football. I was surf, skate, like halfway bicycle, that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. And so... I got to stay every day in the summer for two weeks at the Rainbow Hilton and surf the bowls right out front. On South Shore? South Shore. Oh, wow. So I surfed Kaiser's, the For bowls, five years you went? Every year. Wow. Two weeks. So that was my surf trip. 
Yeah. Uh, 1974. Would you just bail the whole team? Or was there other people surfing too? Like everybody bringing boards? No, no. They all went to, they wouldn't practice every day. They'd leave me at the, I was there at, by myself at the hotel. None of the other kids surfed? No. They had to, they wouldn't go do their foot. They'd go to Schofield Barracks every day. The kids, the other football kids would stay with families from there. And then they would go to like the Polynesian Cultural Center. They would do all that kind of stuff every year, right? And they would go do their thing. And I would just be left to surf every day, all day. Lucky for, you. For five years in a row. Yes. You and, did that every summer. Yes. And what dude, a fucking treat. Oh, dude, it was so good. I got room service. You know, it was the, the virgin chi-chis, the, <laughs> the freaking ham stacks. It was like I, I, I was in heaven. Killer food, yeah. Uh, amazing hotel. waves, warm water. So, and did you surf all up and down the South Shore? Mainly from threes to bowls. The bowls, yeah. The entrance to the harbor there. Yeah. We just stayed right there and surfed all those. And then the IPA shop was up the street, so I would go up to the IPA shop and hang out and skateboard out front. And are you goofy foot or regular? Goofy. Okay, so you like bowls. Al Moana's just like oh, dude, I was in heaven. Yeah. And what kind of board were we on by this point? Okay, so probably my last year there, I want to say 74, around there, uh, I had a a uh, Robert August twin fin rocket fish. Wow. Epic. And I went over there, and I felt I was surfing the best I'd ever surfed in my life on that thing having a great time and then I was sitting on the rocks one morning which we did every morning before we paddled out and um, one of the kids there was hey my uncle wants to see your board and I was like cool well who's uncle you know and I don't know anything yet you know I don't get the whole everybody's their uncle yeah and he says you know I want you to come up to the shop of it it's like the IPA shop I'm like okay so I take it up and it's been IPA yeah and he wants to look at my board. Wow. And I walked out of there with a new IPA Sting. No. What? Straight across trade. Wow. That's great marketing now, for him. I know, but did did he, was he, he did, did he see you surfing and he said, I want to hook this kid up? No. Or did he want to like he wanted take the templates board. off that board? He wanted yeah. that board. Okay. Well, you know, still. The, yeah, because you got to remember the mecca of what was really happening was really right here in Orange County. I was right here in Huntington and, Beach. And, and Robert August was the man. And Robert August had the stable of all the best shapers in the business right there. Hmm. And, you know, everyone thinks Robert August is a longboard company. And in those days, there was not a longboard in the freaking shop. No. My first, it was high it was performance. My first, first sponsor was Robert August. Yeah. Yeah. And my first two boards were Swallowtail Double wing swallowtails and one had the hook wing you know where he yeah. he had like it was like a channel but on the wing on the wing on mm. the wing it was yeah. pretty sick like i don't remember like it you know i just saw one of the boards i'm like i want that you yeah, know yeah, that's cool <laughs> so so was that sting a great board i couldn't surf it <laughs> For the rest of my trip, I rode that thing and I hated it. Oh. <laughs> was it similar dimensions and size, everything, or just? Yeah, I just couldn't ride it. I had gotten off of a twin fin that I'd really fallen oh, was in it love a single? with, and went back to a single fin stinger or did you, sting. 
Yeah. Uh, and I have a sting with the beveled rails. The the no wings beveled. way up, the chimed rails, the yeah. chimed rails step in the bottom, the fin box was that long and you know, where do you put the fin in this thing? And and the one thing I really noticed that with the guys that were ripping on them was they surfed really low, right? Way down low. Yeah. Wide stance. Wide stance, really dragging their yeah. hands and their and their cutties and and I didn't surf like that. I was more of a stand-up pumping. Well, yeah, you're coming off a really loose little skateboardy type board, and now yeah. you're going back to a really hip, you know single divey. fins, yeah. man. And I... so, I finally started to figure this thing out, right? I'd move my fin up. I'd take it to the shop, and they'd help me set it up. And I, I got home, and this is when we had our leashes were still Oof. bungee Oof. cord, yeah, dangerous, right, with a leather strap on yeah. it. And I get back here, and I can't wait to show. My friends, Winchell and those guys, that I can, you know, what I got, and I can, I've had two weeks that I'm ripping. Yeah. Right? We paddle out for a night surf, Huntington Pier, least south half. side. It's breaking at least halfway out the pier. I get out there, first wave, fall, leash breaks, goes to the shore. Freaking a couple rats come out from the all the arcades that are under the pier there, grab my board and take off running with it. <laughs> you never saw that board again. You're kidding me. No. Just get back from Hawaii. Yep. First day on and it. Some dickhead stole your board. I thought you were gonna say it, it hit the pier and got destroyed, but no, yeah. even, this rats. is even worse. That's even worse because the there's a lot of grabbed it and ran. shady folks down there. In and those, in those days, Huntington was a rough place. Yeah, yeah. the arcade was like we Super. knew not to go down. You'd go down on North Side and you avoid that, especially at night. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I we ran. I ran as up Main Street as far as I. Yeah, it was gone. Fuck. Never saw it again. Now, when you guys were younger, you guys had just one board. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Never. It wasn't boards. like a quiver. No, never. Isn't no. that a trip? Like yeah, to dude. think back, back in the day. Like you rode one board pretty For much everything. until. Why would you not? Well, that's yeah. why we got. This is what Terry Lopez was riding. <laughs> yeah. okay. This is what I'm gonna ride in one foot slop. Yeah. It's got to be the best still. That's why we got really good at ding repairs, even as young kids, because yeah. you're like. I, I can't be out of the water for weeks and drop it off somewhere, yeah. and we couldn't afford it. So, so we're why like, would you drop it? Yeah, yeah. yeah there was there like was no not, to do it. there wasn't very many spots, <laughs> and they were you know like we would just, you know, yeah. fix it at home. So would would yeah. you and your you you and your boys go to like Mexico or all the time? Yeah, constantly. Tom would Tom would Tom, drive you guys. Me and Tom. What kind uh, of what kind of car did he get at sixteen? He had the Mazda. Tom had mom's. the Mazda, the pink Mazda. <laughs> Uh, I had a truck. Now, no, did you guys have to pay chip in for, for gas? Of course, but you know, gas was nothing in those days. We we collect bottles nothing. and take them to thrifties and and get enough gas to for the week. Yeah. Uh, but we used to go to Baja for like a month at a time. In a the, month at a time in the summer when we were kids, right? No parents. High school. No parents. No nothing. We'd go for a month, month and a half at a time. No cell phones. You could even make a call from Mexico. <laughs> we would make a call from the Bob's Big Boy once we got on the other side of the border. How good was Bob's Big Boy? Oh, it's where you wanted to go, man. After <laughs> a, that was our in and out when you were a kid. In, in, so, in Mexico, eating bread and, and beer. And you guys would just... Pandaria. You didn't, need, you, you didn't even need ID to cross the no, border, right? No, no. It was just pretty much wave you through. Yeah. Now, what would you guys pack just... 
fucking boards. A lot of canned some food. food. A lot of canned food. And where would you go? Like uh, using we, our first or? no no our first stop was using Quatros. Oh, way down there. Yeah. Uh, and then we would usually just camp at Quatros and maybe drive up. How, how did you guys shipwreck? Know and, about it and find it. Well, you go down that. at sixty-eight k, and then you turn yeah, exactly. the just Y. Other people, and yeah. you would just sometimes you would drive for a fucking day and still not hit the beach. I remember camping one time in the <laughs> desert. Lost. Okay, first off, there's not you, many roads. If but you yeah. could put money on top of the counter, they would sell you alcohol in Mexico. There was yeah. no age limit or anything. Right, right. So when you're 16 years old in high school and nobody's going to sell you beer, when you get to Mexico, what's the first thing you're going to buy? Beer. As much beer as you can, money you have for, right? <laughs> cases of it. So we'd go to the little houses like the Bohemia houses where we'd go and we'd buy just cases of Bohemia. And what you always did is you took your old bottles back and they would give you new ones. Uh, and so we pretty much lived on... Nothing. Beer, bread, bread, because you go there and go to the bakeries there and buy yeah. all the little, pa- yeah, yeah, the pa- little bakery pond. stuff, and then uh, spaghettio, you know, the canned spaghettios. <laughs> and those are delicious. That. And they're delicious. <laughs> and all you got to do is open the, put the can on the fire, open the can, and freaking, you know, yeah. so amazing how simple, it, it, it dude. What you eat, everything was simple. That's yeah. even like, dude. I'll take that over top ramen. Right? <laughs> Spaghettios over top ramen. Good. Yeah, baked beans. Oh, totally. Cut, yeah. We didn't have top ramen or any of that. Yet. Yeah. No, no easy, no, quick. Spaghetti yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing baked easy. Spaghettios. Like, I'm so. It's such a trip how at that time period, at your guys' age, the what we what you were able to do on your own without parental guidance right yes yes so nuts yes a month away yes like how do you do that you know like parents are like summer down there (laughs) or or the year we graduated we spent like three months down there wow and hawaii like going back to hawaii right you were pretty much on your own all day all day day. surfing whenever the hell you wanted that's right and like, and room service. That was the greatest, <laughs> dude. And the pool. Yeah, it was the greatest. Yeah. So the, your dad was the only one that come back because all the kids were staying at family. So it was just That's you right. and your dad are there. And my he, mom. Oh, and your mom. Yeah. So, you know, they, you guys have, we're living luxury. Everybody else is. Yes. Yeah. Staying yes. at other people's homes. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> how, um, I mean, how rad. I mean, we spent a lot of time in, you know, Hawaii. And it was like just cruise Waikiki. And the beaches back then, it was like so cool, magical, yeah. magical. you know, and totally magic. The South Shore, there's so many good waves, so many good waves, so many good. Did you get to go to all the different places, Publix and Diamond Head? And no, not till later in life. Okay, when I was a kid, you know, I was right there. Don't yeah, leave walk, this area. You're walking, and, and you know, and then that goes back to the whole respect thing is when your parents or people told you to do something, you, you did it, yeah. Because you wanted them to trust you. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Uh, it goes both ways. Like, hey, we're giving you this freedom, but don't fuck it up. You know? Yeah. Don't fuck like, it up. Yeah. Don't I be had, an idiot. I had, it was golden. Yeah. Right? So it, would it be you and Winch going to Mexico for, for months on end? Yeah. Me and Tom and, and George Demos. <laughs> Mike Bordy. Yeah. What what uh, what was your first job? Paper out. Paper. 
paper route with yeah. the Simmonses. Um, my I always worked for my dad because your dad was an earth mover, earth mover, heavy okay. equipment. Okay, and so um, he had his own company. Yes. Okay. Scarborough Construction. Okay. They were huge. Dirt moving. All we did was move mountains. That's it. It was like it was big. If it wasn't, was he an engineer? Like, what did he? What was no, his we, we would bid the jobs uh, from the engineering plans yeah. and then go build them. Wow. So like land developing, like grading and stuff. So, yeah. Right? So yeah. like so so like track home. All this and... right here. Okay. My dad probably did all the work for this whole neighborhood. It would be nothing but you know farmland. Yeah. And then they would come in and yeah over exit all. And you know, compact it, put in all the underground, Which, everything up to asphalt, curb and gutter, all that stuff. We would leave at that point. Okay, nice. That's a trip. Yeah. So, how did you get into that? My dad was a um, sharecropper. He came from sharecroppers in Alabama. So they were, they didn't own the land; they farmed it and. At the when they would sell their crops, the landowner would get half, and then they would get half. Mm. Okay, um, and then so they were very, very, very poor. But he learned to run tractors, and then um, goes where the development's going. When he got out of the Marine Corps, there was a new thing happening back there, which was catfish farming. Interesting. Okay. So he in Alabama. Yes. Okay. So he started building catfish ponds. So digging up, making your own pond. Exactly. Wow. And then he met a guy out here in California. I think through my mom's parents that were here in Huntington, uh, that needed a backhoe guy, and so my dad moved us all out here and started his own backhoe business, and then it just grew. Were you born in Alabama then? I was born. Yes, I was there till I was. I think. Four months old. Sweet home Alabama. Yeah. Wow, how lucky are you? Yeah, that your dad had this opportunity. Yeah. So, but but California was like a really hot spot. Is it like it blowing was up? Like so it coming, was, yeah. it was where if you wanted to be in the dirt business, this was the place to be. A lot of construction. Yeah, a lot it was of growing so quickly. Yeah, that's insane. And so, when all those tractors shut down at night, they have to be oiled, greased, welded. Prior, yeah. there's tons of work. And that's what you did. So me and Winchell and all my buddies, I'd hire them all. My dad would hire us all to go after school. We would go out and work for my dad as either oilers or welders wow. or fuelers. And he would pay us 10 times better we were going to get anywhere else. Yeah. So straight out of whatever, or as soon as you could work, he yes. put you to work. Yes. Yeah, and and your friends. Yeah, at at fifteen or so, we were all working. Wow, for my dad doing something. Scarborough construction. What? Construction. Okay, and, that, and that's you know to have. And we always talk about like you know you you want to leave your days open to serve. Yeah. You know, like whether it's dude that was ballet or restaurant or bar bar or whatever. You know, you're you, yeah. You, you me wanted... and Tom were oilers, man. We 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 figured it out all the way through high school. We were oilers, so we would go after school. We could go. Work for my dad. They usually got off around four o'clock, and so we could go get our school work. Or we didn't really do school work after we should have. <laughs> Sounded good though. Uh, <laughs> we wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So we had money. Yeah. Save up, and then Mexico is dirt cheap. Like you said, you're living not, like pretty 
Up and nothing. Hog, man. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we had money. Yeah, ga- travel we gas was super cheap. Especially in Mexico. Ca- what was like a case of beer back then? <laughs> Six bucks. Probably. Eight bucks. Yeah. yeah. I can't even remember. Yeah. Just, you know. Would you go to like Who Songs or? Oh. Or yes. what, is, what were the places? Who Songs? Who Songs was really the only one in in Ensenada at the yeah. time. And remember how big those T-shirts were? Oh, dude. Did oh, you yeah. know that? Yeah. Remember that? It was huge. Like, like the surf uniform was who Zogs? Was well Zogs. Zogs. You either wore a Zog shirt, yeah. a lightning bolt shirt, lightning a hang tent shirt, yeah, an OP shirt. But you would be really cool if you had a who songs. If you had who songs and Harachis, you were somebody. <laughs> yeah, pon- yeah, Harachi, the poncho, and yeah, who songs. Yeah. Oh yeah, Senor Lopez. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but so, it was like, I mean safe whether you know loose it was yeah. like you know you could go pe- pitch a tent anywhere on the bluffs anywhere and the like bluffs. right it was right. pretty and, and trade for food with the cooperativas any any other cooperativas yeah. you could go there with spark plugs we learned real quick yeah. they love spark plugs dirty magazines t-shirts and levi's yeah so and you're golden yeah um what did what was your first like international travel My first international travel was probably like really was with my dad and we went to uh, Micronesia. Wow. Guam. Uh, I mentioned that my dad was a Marine and he was a very proud Marine and he loved the, uh, he loved history. So we went, um, I would say 1978, we went to Guam and we went to we went there for probably a month and we went to Guam, Saipan, Tenia, Palau, Truk, uh, Yap, Ponape. We went to all the islands that the that the Marines had stair stepped through World War Two to be able to get to Japan. Is that area like called Micronesia? Yeah, you have okay. uh, yeah, yeah, the Marianas Islands, you have Micronesia, you have Solomon Islands, they're all kind of it's like three different chain island chains, but they're all kind of real close to each other. Yeah. And your dad never, you said your dad never saw you surf. No. And not even in Hawaii, not even in Guam. No. That's, and, and you're, and he's cool. Like bringing your surfboard everywhere and surf. And yeah, you got yeah, your go thing. Your thing. Yeah. I'm on vacation and we're going to go do this. And then when we're done, you can go do that. And I'm going to go drink at the bar and the pool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good, classic. that's a fair trade. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was uh, no. My dad was the greatest. Yeah, uh, he just to the day he died, he never realized that you could actually own. What What do you do? Yeah, you know, a surf shop. It made no sense to. It's retail. If yeah. you're gonna sell something, this was his always thing. His, he always said to me, "If you're gonna sell something for five dollars and it takes you forty minutes to work with that guy to sell that leash, why wouldn't you spend that same forty minutes selling a freaking tractor for a half a million dollars?" <laughs> got a point he's got a, a very <laughs> blunt point <laughs> oh he's 100 percent right yeah but they make you happy i don't want to sell tractors i want to sell leashes it this wasn't is what my I'm... passion i That's was it. so passionate about it and i still am i'm so passionate about what i do and how we go about doing what we do yeah um that so, it, it's never been so much and i and i know we talked about this earlier it's not so much about the money no yeah. 
It's the money will come. The money comes. Yeah. yeah. If so, you are an expertise and you're providing a great service and you know and you're you're stoked like you're helping out the people. Money will yeah. Come. yeah. Yeah. You're you know people want to serve people right. you know in any industry. Is it Hobie Alter that said? If you find something you love, you never work a day in your life. Someone yeah, said that. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of. Yeah, and that's what you're talking. That's what you're doing. That's kind of how. Yeah, I did. I didn't plan it that way, but yeah. that's pretty much how it worked out. But early on, when you were like eight years old, you knew you wanted. to... I wanted to own a surf shop. Yeah. What was? Uh, I mean, you talked about all those those shops in Huntington. Yeah. Like, they're all different. They all had their own little. You know, back Absolutely. then it was just boards, and then maybe you know. A t-shirt wax like you know like uh they most of them didn't even have t-shirts wow. it, it was boards they usually had a spool of the bungee cord mm. they sold it to you by the foot you're they kidding those, me they no. sold leashes like that yeah they had the leather straps were on the wall and you bought those separately and you basically made your own leash are you um, fucking kidding and they me? had fins yeah and wax that was it people that, that was a surf shop people made their own leashes everybody made their own leash then yeah. That yeah, that is a trip. Yeah. There was no leash plugs yet. You were, you know. Now we see that hard. You know, everyone does the. You know, fiberglass. When they loop. try to do retro. They do the the fiberglass. Yeah, yeah. fin rope that they would, and then they would put it through. Yeah, like a fin rope thing, or yeah. or they used to use all off alpha the the um, fin panels. They would the leftover. They would cut those and make those. But really, what most people were doing at that time was just drilling a hole in the back of their fin yeah. and their tying it to that yeah yeah which was so stupid it was so much drag it was so stupid who couldn't figure that out but we yeah. didn't for a long time yeah they didn't want to go through the board because it would you know ruin the you know suck up like a yeah sponge you know but we just did the fin it took a long time before we figured a better way of doing that so, so was there other sorry to go back to this i'm interested on this this yeah. guam and island you know we we hear yeah. of you know the military you know people that have gone to japan wherever they're posted would bring yeah. their board and yeah you know what was like the culture like in the surf in those um, places so we i went with my dad right and then like we didn't the really get to surf much because our boards got lost for the first couple weeks our boards weren't there wow um but like a tour guide, you know, I'm just saying, like, you go no, and stay at the no, resort, no like, guide. No, there's you no just get, grab a taxi, like, hey, take me to the beach. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah. basically, like, no, no. We, we just walk. We just walk. That's so crazy. Um, and there it, could be a perfect wave around the corner, but you don't know. You get dropped off here. That's, right. that's where... And me and my buddy Todd Jacobs would still surf brokers with me. Uh, me and him went with my dad. Um, and... Me and Todd went out of our way everywhere we could get from a taxi ride, a local, to figure out where the surf spots were. And we'd just go check them out because our boards never showed up. Oh, shit, yeah. Right? And then we'd go to these other, and then my dad was, my dad was crazy, man. He would just do crazy shit. And he would, he would go find someone that had a small plane and pile us all in it and fly us to one of these other islands. Right? How sick is that? Because a lot of these islands didn't even have any air service. Yeah. So we were landing on old World War II runways that were bombed out and shit, and this guy could just land us there. No. Yeah. But you would see the survey of the land. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the ocean. And, and these guys knew, these, these pilots and stuff knew, and my dad was a pilot, so he knew, go to the airport, and he made friends right away. 
Uh, so those guys would tell us, oh, there's no surf here. You can't surf here. And we'd be flying over going, there's surf out there. Yeah, Everywhere. it's on the beach, but it's on the barrier reef out there. Yeah. That's so nuts. Like, so hunting. Uh, me and George Demos, after high school, me and George gathered up $500 each and a one-way ticket and went to Guam. <laughs> one way? Just because you didn't know how long you were going to be there? We were moving. Oh, my God. <laughs> we were freaking moving. Paradise. Because of that first trip that you yeah, went? Yeah, and I convinced George in, in, in your mind, surf. You didn't take photos, but in your mind, no. you remembered, you mentally I made I knew notes. everything, and I, was, I convinced George, there's, we're going to get surf. This is, this is going to be the trip of a lifetime. It's, it's the new... Graduation? After graduation? Yeah, it was after graduation. Okay. It's a new and Hawaii without exactly. the crowd. Without the crowd. And so, me and George went there. And, of course, we get there and we realize uh, there's an off-season just like the North Shore. And it's not breaking at all. <laughs> so... And you went on the off-season. Yeah. <laughs> so, we ended up staying way longer than we... Yeah, I, I don't know how long we were there. We were there for a long time. Less than a year. Were you, um, were you able to... Like I, six months at least. Yeah. Fuck. So you I'm guys thinking, get... I think it might have been more like nine months we were there. You just get a little apartment, like a little room? Like, what Dude, do you... we were, first we were like in our board bags. And then we... George knew, his sister knew this girl that was uh, doing an... In, her husband or boyfriend was doing an internship there. We got to stay in there house for a little bit and we stayed there and they got over us real quick so they would turn their freaking we didn't have any sleep bags or anything right it's tropical they would turn the air conditioning up so high <laughs> to get us out so we didn't last there very long and then we ended up eventually we ended up in a um we got our own rental on the other side of the island this this place called telefofo and um then we started really figuring out the surf and everything and who to hang out with and there again the Guamanians didn't surf yeah the local people really didn't surf they were Chamorro Indians they didn't surf yeah they um, it was the GIs that it was the GIs yeah it was all the Vietnam vets the ones that couldn't get back into society yeah outcasts <laughs> they're fucking crazy so those are the kind of guys we had to deal with there so when you talk localism that was one place that it was you played by their rules. Yeah. You totally. Ever, you ever fucking tell anybody about this spy? Your yeah, fucking dad? exactly. Yeah, 100%. So sure. me and like, George were stupid and then when we first got there. This we, is the best. We went out to this one place, McGunnis, and we were taking pictures and we paddled across the channel and go surf and we, we work our way back and we come back and our car's broken into. Oh. And this is out in the middle of nowhere. It's like, well, how did they even find us? They didn't do anything but take our camera out of the car and break it on the rocks on the ground. Didn't steal anything. Didn't do anything else. Yeah. Just broke that freaking camera. Wow. That's kind of heavy and that's kind of rad. Kind of rad. <laughs> yeah. Like, so hey, you're, you're more than welcome to, to be here. Yeah. But not pictures. Don't you're not taking any pictures back. So we really have no pictures hardly. Yeah. That's guess, funny. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. But, you know, again, they could have been way more ruthless. Yeah. What? What? So I started, One board each? Uh, no, we took two. I took two. Okay. I took a uh, 6.0 Timponi Trifan, butt tail, and I took a Timponi 7.4 gun. Wow. Yeah. Timponi. And, and what time of year did it start happening for you? Do you remember? Monsoon? Typhoon, typhoon season. Or ty 
Is that like Pikmin? September or? I can't remember. Yeah. But once he started breaking, it was amazing. Wow. And, and uh, I don't want to say this on the air. No. But <laughs> did, did you, you not work? Good. You didn't work, right? That's what I was going to say. We did. You we had did. To, we worked I, the whole time because we went with one-way tickets. So the first thing we had to do was get jobs. Wow. What did you do? Uh, we worked for Windjammer Barefoot Cruises at first. Uh, Doing what? And then I started my own shop. But what, what was the Windjammer? Uh, you just went on it and, and got the Japanese up and partying. And you were like sailors from the 17th century kind of thing. And it's a big tall ship that went out for sunset cruises. So, so you're all dressed up in a yeah. character? Yeah. Like swashbuckling pirate yeah, yeah, style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I didn't last long. I didn't last long. George, George was there for a while. I, didn't, I probably able, didn't last a week. They were serving drinks. It's like booze cruise. and you know, booze date, cruise, yeah. yeah. So you're yeah. able to. Let's just scar me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Okay. We're back. So, we're back. So you had this bright idea of opening up your own. Yeah, so, so George Demos uh, got a job doing artwork for uh, the Yellow Pages. In Guam. In Guam. They had a Yellow Pages in Guam? Yeah. <laughs> How many businesses were there in Guam? Enough to have a Yellow Pages. Wow. <laughs> Only 18 pages, but and, you know. <laughs> and so George's art is he's got the specific art and he's really good at it, but it's hilarious. And so everything in that Yellow Pages looked like George's freaking art from school right it looked like it's peachy oh yeah. it's hilarious all the all, all the advertisements had similarities <laughs> art yeah. hey it wasn't art. the yellow pages it was a yellow page yeah <laughs> Wait, don't don't tell me it was tribal and stuff no no okay, no okay. it was cartoony okay very good cart- yeah. he has great car- george is a great artist huh uh so he had some great cartoon type art um but we met this guy and he turned us on to this guy in Tamun Bay that was opening these little, like, grass huts. Literally, like, Gilligan's Island grass huts. No windows, no doors, no nothing. Um, no lights, no motor cars. And what were, they, what were they used for? To sleep in? Or just no. a day? To kiosk. Stay the sun? No. He had, yeah, like a kiosk. It, he had a bus that would come a couple times a week from Japanese tourists and stop at it. But he had no business yet. This was all an idea. Wow. Hmm. And George was doing the artwork for him. And so uh, we helped him build them. And we I opened up one. And I called my buddy Danny Kwok and, and said, This hey, is too weird. Hey, Danny, uh, this is what I want to do, dude. I want to sell shorts here. And he said, okay, let me talk to Bob. So... And how did you know Danny? Surfing. From surfing. Okay. 54th Street. And you, you know, guys were chummy. You were friends. Yeah, yeah. We were all friends because we were, at that, by this time, we were surfing 54th every day. Yeah. But you needed product now with your end to get product. So I needed product. So I, Danny was like, he was just gone to work for quick. And, and so he had, he's like, okay, so uh, he, I can't remember how we did the first one. I'm gonna send if you... I sent him money, or if, or how, we, or if he sent it to me on consignment, or how he did it, but he sent me a couple boxes of Quicksilver. What a trip! And I hung it up on outside this thing, and all inside of it, and the bus would come and clean me out. Clean you out. Clean me out. 
And are, I we, would, are we talking hundreds of uh, Japanese tourists? Yeah. And, hundreds. Yeah. And, and this had no Guam anything on it. It was Nothing. just Quicksilver. Quick were you smart? No, it was Quicksilver trunks. Mainly just trunks. Were and you shorts. smart and just ordered size 28 and 30s? <laughs> Danny sent me whatever he sent me. I didn't order anything. Because all the Japanese are tidy little assorted, people, right? Ass- assorted. Yeah, but, whatever you, know, you got. That's what made Danny such the success he was. He was a smart guy. So he just sent me a sort of, just bam, he just yeah. sent it to me. And then I would Western Union him all the money. Western Union. That was the only way to get it. Because to make a phone call from Guam in those days was really tough. Yeah. So we did everything by Western Union. And um, Messages. He would send me another freaking load of stuff. Whatever so, money I sent, he would take that amount of money and send. So we did. Yeah, did you have a price like you know, like what were you know, what did you buy him for? What did you sell him for? Like, it was send me stuff. Wow. <laughs> and if it was twelve dollars, I would sell it for twenty five dollars, right? Yep. Just basic. Basic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I knew nothing about retail. That was my first into retail, and uh, I had a a Ford LTD four-door car that we had bought from Ugly Duckling Rent-A-Car. And uh, I had, we had like a pole going across the back. So everything that was left over, we'd just take out and hang it on the pole and our surfboards fit in the trunk. And so every night we would take everything out of the shed and hang it inside the, the car the car, and go home. And then when it was all sold out, we just wouldn't open until we got more stuff. Crazy. Yeah. And they'd come by twice a week. Twice a week that bus came by every week. What were the other kiosks selling? So there was really only one. that It didn't really take off that much. I mean, I don't know why. We did really well. And then there was a lady right next to me. She sold Sorry. American Indian jewelry. Like the, per, uh, what do you call it? Turquoise. Turquoise. That stuff. Yeah. Exotic looking. How she ended up there doing that, I don't know. And well, how she did was, you, she, she was you guys end up there? <laughs> exactly. But she was Australian. Her name was Bandy. And she sold... Indian jewelry. And it was like, how did that all happen? I don't know. But after a few months of doing it, she saw what I was doing and she just went, I want to buy this from you. And I was like. Because you guys were crushing. We were crushing it. Like you literally were crushing it, selling out of product. For, you know, 20-year-old kids, yeah, we were crushing it. Selling out of product. Out. That is Right, so you know, awesome. I have a few pieces left cash. over. Cash. Yeah, because there's no credit cash. card machines. We didn't have credit card. We didn't do yeah. anything. It was cash. No, there's cash. no Venmo. There's no, 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 no. It was no all cash. cash. Straight into the pocket. Straight to the uh, bar. Keep yeah. And so I ended up selling the business to her. And Danny and Bob ended up getting her hooked up with Australia distributors. So she ended up with an Australian distributorship for Guam. <laughs> Lucky lady. Lucky, yeah. you know, like yeah. they met you. Mandy. Yeah, and so she ended up opening a shop inside the new mall that was going in there as we were leaving, and I think she called it Pacific Napu. Was, I called it um, Pacific Island Surf. That's what you called That's your shop. That's the name of our shop. And, and it, it was just Quicksilver. Just quick stuff. No, no, no other, nothing, nothing else. No whatever, wax. Whatever Danny thought would sell, he would send me. And I would sell it. And this is a true story. This is a true story. I, got a picture. <laughs> I could show you a Pacific picture of Pacific Island Dude. what? Surf. Surf. Yeah. And how? And you did that for how long? Oh, probably, let's call it two to five months. Yeah. It was somewhere in that period. That's it? Yeah. 
Wow. And you guys were kind of like, well, you you run your course there. Were the waves that was it going back in the flat spell season? Where what what was the point of like ditching when you guys did nine months later? <laughs> you got ran out. No, 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 man. We had made friends with Whitey and all the guys that were the gnarly guys. Um, there's no girls on the island. Uh-huh. The truth comes out. Uh, okay. And Maggie yeah. wasn't available. No, and they're just we we just kind of missed our blonde-haired, blue-eyed California beauties. You I know? wish I really they all them. could be California. And at our age, it was like I just want to go home. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty years old, you're you're like okay, surfing's awesome, but yeah. but yeah. Uh. <laughs> but what, what had happened while I was there? It's, was, it's a pretty remote island. It's very remote. Hey yeah. George, you're you're looking pretty good today. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, we totally get and it. George yeah. is like, okay, it's time to go home. But yeah, so you you know, yeah, why are you we, looking at me like that? We had just missed. We just we were living in the boonies. We were living out in the jungle. In, in this place, Telefofo Falls. Uh, yeah, we were living pretty primitive. No, yeah. no electricity, no gas, no lights. Not we, a single luxury. No, we literally <laughs> we we would go down the streets. That they would. This, after World War II, they had planted the island with Tunga Tunga, which is a, uh, a fast-growing tree, and it would overtake the highways. So they would constantly had. They were cutting it back and they would just leave it, let it pile on the grounds. So me and George would just load it on top of our car, take it to our house and we'd dry it. And that's what we used for, to cook on was all the Tunga Tunga. Wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> and we spearfished all the time. And then the guy down from us had a little farm, a nice little farm. And so we got our food there. I mean, yeah, you're thinking tropical and back then, like everything planted is, is, edible for the most part like you know the yeah. fruit trees and, and there's fish yeah and there's fish so tons of fish so you guys were there for nine months yeah somewhere okay. around there six to nine months i would say so and you had i mean and so this quicksilver kiosk yeah that sparked in that kind of struck gave you a the, nerve so one thing i'm leaving out of all this whitey which was the guy that ruled the surf on the island. He was a Vietnam vet that lived off of this island called Coco's Island. He had to live out by himself because he's literally psycho. Um, he had his and, own island, though. Yeah. He lived on this little island called Coco's Island. And a container had washed up on his beach full of windsurfers. Wow. And uh, I bought one from him. A container washed up on his beach yeah, with full of windsurfers. Yeah. And so I bought one from him. And I learned to windsurf in Guam. Wow. That's so crazy. Like So crazy. That's so crazy. Was there, I mean, was I guess you're a waterman. you gotta, you got to fill your day with activities and stuff. And so ways are flat. Like, like, you know, yeah. like, you, yeah. So and, you, you and remember, this guy Whitey somehow he freaking put it on top of his big one of his big wave guns, and he's charging through the surf, eating shit. But he's charging in and out and catching big waves on the outside, riding that thing in. And I'm so, like, so wow, he he made well, his I'm own windsurf board. He took one of his big wave guns and made his own way to mount the sail on top of it. 
gnarly. And Whitey is just like a recluse dude that yes. ended up in Guam yes. after the war. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is incredible. And so, so now I come home. But you got into windsurfing because of Whitey. Yes. And because of Guam. Yes. Okay. So then I come home. Wait. And Can I... You remember, like, the reason why you left... Okay, you left... You left Guam because you pretty much needed more to life than just... Yes. And you know, remember that one, uh, uh, Elmer Fudd? Or no. Was it Elmer Fudd? There's a, there's a cartoon with the, the um, Elmer Fudd sitting on the beach. Cool. Yeah. Sitting on the beach and he's stranded on this island. <laughs> And a he's like, the yeah, a little bit of the island. And he's like, <laughs> okay, he's like, okay, you know, today I got, I got a uh, baked coconut pie, uh, a coconut soup. And then like, everything's coconut. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, he just like throws everything away. He's like, I hate coconuts. That's yeah. you. <laughs> we just needed more people. Yeah. Yeah. Our age. At, at that age, you're out. like, dude, yeah. you want to go to concerts? You want to go to surf yeah, movies? Yeah. Yeah. Was it, you want to hook up? Was it? Kimpton, Jim Kimpton, that was in Guam. Who yes, was? yeah, Kimpton right? was in Guam. Yeah, yeah. So we we've had some Guam stories from yeah. some other guests and similar. And, and you North know. Shore, uh, Pineapple North, Princess, Pineapple Princess. Yeah. But um, she's a dancer in Guam. <laughs> nice. Probably at the same time you were. That's what I was trying to. We'll have to do a little research so on like good the, surf there. Yeah, boat basin's amazing. Yeah, like I did this Marito. There's some great surf there. You just gotta know when to go. Right. Don't ask me when that time is. I don't no. know. So you, you guys have to ask Jared. You know Jared that surfs Huntington all the time. I don't know. Yeah, you do a local kid. Oh, Jared. Yeah, Jared. yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, I know him. So uh, you, you guys you get, get off wind. the island. So we come home. Come back to California. And there's nowhere to get windsurf equipment. And I want to windsurf. And at that time, I'm room, my roommate is uh, Danny uh, uh, Preston Murray. You were. Yeah, so me roommates and, with Preston. Yeah, so me and Preston are, are roommates at this time, and he's got this friend over in, in the harbor, Craig Yester, that is windsurfing out in the bay all the time. So he takes me over there and introduces me to these guys over there. So, uh, was it Schwartz, Matt Schwartz, or Schweitzer? So I can't remember all the names. And so I'm over there freaking windsurfing. They introduce me to this other guy that sells windsurf equipment. And I'm like, man, we need a windsurf shop around here. Because surf shops, there's plenty, but there's no windsurf. None. None. Yeah. Nowhere. And you're hooked. And I'm hooked. Full bore. And so then um, I hook up with Bruce Jones. And he turns me on to this place called Seal Beach. Didn't even know it existed. <laughs> In my little world, didn't even know it existed. Because oh you're Newport. Gosh. Newport, Huntington. I never, why would I go past Huntington? Right? Like, you probably never even did Bolsa. You just stopped no, at the cliffs. Nobody surfed Bolsa in those yeah, days. Right? Nobody. Yeah, you stopped at the cliffs. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and so, Bruce turns me on to this place, Seal Beach. And it's like way windier than everywhere else. It's sideshore, and you can catch this wave outside and ride it all the way in, and then you can jump it back out. And it's warm. And it's warm. <laughs> now, was Bruce a windsurfer too? Yes. Okay. And he's already shaping? Yes. And you, you haven't started any of that? No shaping? No. No. Okay. I had met Bruce through Tom 
got me into riding Russell surfboards. And we were way into Russell surfboards. And then Bruce, at that time, Bruce was shaping for Russell. Jeff Timponi was shaping for Russell. Sean Stussy was shaping for Russell. That was kind of his main stable at that time. Um, and so I was like, man, this is... And so who was windsurfing at that time up there? It was Lance Collins from Wave Tools, mm. Bruce Jones, um, and then this guy that worked at Bruce Jones, uh, and then this just tiny little group of people, and that was it. It's a pretty unknown little spot. Totally unknown little spot, and we're just like, we're going to town, we're digging it. And so I went to Temponi and said, hey, I, I don't want one of these German-made boards. I want a, I want a glass board. So me and Temponi started working on, I designed it, we worked on shaping it and glassing it all together. And so I started writing Timponi windsurfers. Wow. And then I was coming home from one day, I was coming home from Seal Beach, and I saw this for rent sign in the corner of this building. In Seal? In Seal. Okay, can I stop you real quick? How did you get connected with those Newport dudes? Because that... Preston Murray and... Quack, like, those guys were gnarly, like... In, in our minds, like they're the who's who of 80s surfing, right? Well, we were all, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they, they, there was a big group of us. And they were in the mags all the fucking time. Yeah, there was a big group of us that were surfing there every day, day in and day out for years. So you were part of that crew? Yes. Uh, before Moyer started taking the pictures and Studio before 54. the hottest hundred yards came out, we were all out there just surfing it every day. We were just, you know, yeah, part of the group surfing. And, and those, so, so Winch too, or oh, yeah, absolutely. Winch yeah. was a charger out there. Winch was a good surfer. No, yeah. I, I, we I know. know we're all old now, but at one time he was. Oh, we know. He we could know. have been whatever he wanted to be. He was you know? Yeah, but but, but Quicksilver was blowing up. These guys were the who's who, like Lennon said. Yeah. But then Parker, they all started working for the industry. Jeff like Parker, really, Preston yeah. Murray, yeah. Uh, I forget the other aficionados of fucking Newport. Oh, fuck. John Gothard. John Gothard. Smirk. Well, Smirk was uh, uh, right after us. Us, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. And so, like, the whole vocal crew was was kind of taken over as we were kind of fading away. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you saw this for rent sign. Yeah. So uh, I saw this for rent sign on the way home from windsurfing and I'm like next to Donut City yeah right where Missy's at right where we're at now right and there was no front door there was only a back roll-up door <laughs> and I just went I'm gonna open a freaking shop so and what were you doing for work um, at that time I was pretty much just going to school and probably being an oiler or a fueler for my dad. So he came back from Guam. You went to school and started working with your dad again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sailboard, doing stuff that you wanted. Well, no. When I first came back, I went to work for my dad. He was building a, a golf course for Bob Hope out in Palm Springs. <laughs> and there was no golf course there. And he had already got the PGA Tour to come to his golf course. And there was no golf course. So... I got a chance to run a tractor for my dad 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Wow. Union for almost a year. Just banking. I banked every bit of it because I lived in a trailer out there. They fed us and we just lived in trailers. 
So for that year after I came off of Guam, I didn't really get to surf much. I, I worked that whole year, and when I was done, I bought a house at 54th and River. <laughs> what? <laughs> Holy smokes. 5319 River Avenue. Now I get why your you dad's like, shores? why are you going to go sell yeah. leashes when you can be you selling? You put shores? No, on the other side. Wow. On the beach side? On the beach side. Holy fuck. And Look so, at this guy. So uh, my roommate was Preston and this other guy, um, uh, his name can't remember right now, but he was like an amazing guitarist. Uh, and yeah, so we lived there for years. And I and so then at that time they paid, my, my mortgage was $800 a month. Oh my gosh! I know, crazy, crazy, right? How big was this, the lot, and how big was the house? It's still right there. When you go down, it's right there on the left. It's the white one with the. It, it's a, uh, you know, one of the stock homes, three bedroom, two bath, three bath, three bedroom, three bath. At the beach in the freaking Mecca, right there. Right. Yeah. yeah. How much right. did you buy? For? How many parties are you guys having on the weekends? How much did you buy it for? We went to everybody else's party. We knew not to party at our house. Yeah. So smart. <laughs> why, why poop in your own backyard? <laughs> I want to say 125 pounds. <laughs> so heavy. Yeah. In what year? Like 79, 80? No, no, 80. I got back from Guam in 82. So probably like 1980, about 83, 82, 83. Did you say 125? Yeah. Yeah. For beach? Front, yeah, property. Not beachfront. I mean, I'm off yeah. on River Avenue. Yeah, but right close, yeah. pretty damn close. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I hear the Jeez. prices thrown out when my parents bought in the '70s, I was like, wait, what? Like, but then they were like, hey, we were only making like, yeah, you know, like it's all relative. Like right. that was expensive. Was interest yeah. rates were way gnarly. Everything was gnarly. But yeah, they, I think my interest rate was like twelve percent. Yeah. Hey, we're almost there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh shit! Anyways, uh, yeah, so, so you lived there. You bonded those guys, and then and Seal so, Beach windsurfing. See right. the sun, and then I just said, "I'm gonna open a surf shop." So I went and talked to Tim Pony, and he's like, "Yeah, dude, I'll I'll build boards for you." And uh, and, and you kind of did the research on like finding sails and harnesses. No. no. <laughs> I and literally just rented the building, yeah. or I rented that part of the building, and then figured that out. <laughs> but in that area, it was harbor was the only only thing only harbor. thing there. Yeah. And then Bruce Jones was technically Sunset, or was he even there? He was in Sunset, but it was that little shack. It was yeah. a little shack. It wasn't in the, the, sand. the other building there. Right. And he didn't right. really have a store, right? And was it just shaping? No. Um, so, so immediately I got a hold of, um, I think it was Craig Yester. One of, the, one of the guys turned me on to the guys at High Fly. And so I went, they were down in Irvine. So I went down to High Fly. I made a deal with those guys and they came in and stocked my freaking store. And what is High Fly? It Wind, was a windsurf brand, a okay. really good top-notch windsurf brand. Wow. There was two major brands, Mistral and High Fly. I've heard of Mistral. Um, I had the high fly dealership for right there. And I would, by Friday, I would have that place full. And by Sunday, every single item would be gone. Seriously? Wow. Yes. It was that popular. It was, it was like. Blowing up. It was like stand-ups. Paddle. When they first came out. 
So, but there was I had no competition. So, here you are. How big? How big was the square footage of the space that you rented? The size of this room. Okay, so decent size. Mm. I mean, small for windsurfing. Small for windsurfing. Um, and then there was so little room, and then so I only had like six surfboards in there. And then I had a, like a couple skate decks, you know, from Visions. Vision was in in those days. Oh, so you opened it up with multiple action sports. Surf, skate, snow. Already? I mean, not snow. Surf, yeah. skate, windsurf. And and you, so what, we were what did you name it? In... Surf and sail. And how did you come up with the in-flight? In-flight, surf and because sail. Because at that time, it was super early 80s. We were, things were, you know, Christian Fletcher hadn't started getting, he just started to see people do air. We were just getting air out of the pools. We were just starting to get a little air. So in and flight. So I thought, all these sports are going in flight. Crazy. So I like this it. sports, you know, windsurfing is blowing up. Was it something that people would just kind of like buy the gear and go out? Or were they doing lessons? Were you guys offering like... Yes, yeah, so le- every board came with a free lesson. Okay, see? That, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, so it was instantly successful. Yes. Wow. Yes. Because just like Quicksilver board shorts in Guam, it just fucking happened. Yeah, I've been I've been blessed. Yeah. When it comes to being lucky, I've been very lucky to be on the cutting edge of new things happening. And and then we haven't gotten to the other big, you know. Right. Yeah. Sport. So the windsurf thing just went nuts. It, it literally. So then I ended up renting the hole downstairs. So where you see the hair salon now. I ended up renting that from the guy. And then pretty soon I rented the upstairs. And pretty soon I rented the whole upstairs. So I had the whole building. And one guy owned it all? That building's been like that for that long? Yes. The one guy. Except for the internals moving around. Right, right. But the same building. Wow. One guy owned it all. Yeah, Al Voda. And one day Al came to me and said, Scott, I'm moving all my land holdings to the desert, Palm Springs. Uh, I'm going to sell this piece of property to you. Uh, you know, I'm 27, 28 years old, 29, somewhere around. He there. saw you growing, being successful. You know, uh, he's I was like, renting everything yeah. from him. And I said, dude, I can't do that. How am I going to do that? And he says, I'm going to carry the paper for you. <gasps> and your mortgage, your rent's not going to go up. Your mortgage isn't going to be any higher than your rent. And um, within two years, I need you to buy yourself to get out. Buy me out. Yep. What well, an awesome uh, Being a person. fool, I just said, let's do it. Yes. How in two years am I going to buy myself out of this? I don't deal, know. But, but I don't going know. Going back you don't to oil. Move, you just, <laughs> you're I just, don't know. You're going to wing it. Well, I'm going to wing it. Well. What, what was the purchase price? 625000 Fuck. Which is a shitload. Back then. Shitload. But still. Shitload. But you're... On PCH on a freaking and I knew the only chunk. way I could survive. Can I can I stop you real quick? Yes. So you took you went from one room in the building to the, whole the floor thing. to the top. Do you remember how long did that take? How many years or how many months? Probably two three years. Two or three years yeah. to where you took the over the yeah. whole building. Yeah. And what was the the volume of business you were doing like sell versus surf or just like no just how much dollars were you doing 
You don't have to say. I would probably Why not? say no. No, I'm, it's, I'm, I mean, I'm not it's, trying to shy of saying. I no. just don't know what it was. Were you doing like three hundred grand, four hundred? I was not grand? a businessman. Yeah. I'm just winging it. Yeah. yeah. I just need more room. Yeah. How much? But, what's but, my volume? What's my more? What, what? I don't know. Yeah. Make more money. But you were selling shit. I was selling shit, and I'm, and that was my job, and I knew how to do that. Yeah. So. Let's say, were you doing half a million a year? I, I would say by the time I bought the business from him, I was doing close to a million. Which is huge. At that time. And were you starting to employ people? A lot. Okay. And this is what year? 80? Well, if you opened in 84, is it probably 88? Yeah. 88, 89. Is, is when you solely... Own the property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And what was that place before? Like a garage? It was, yeah. It was in the back building. They restored classic Mercedes Benz. And they had a showroom in the front downstairs. And they displayed them down there. And their sales offices were upstairs. So it was a and Mercedes. It was just Benders. <laughs> and it was a Mercedes Benz thing. Epic. I mean, that. It yeah. was failing huge. Yeah. And I stepped in. Yeah. And he wanted to relocate and, you know, yeah. do other stuff anyways. Right. So, so it, what, I mean, you got hard goods going, you, you know, you brought in skate, but windsurf was initially the, the biz. When did you start doing boards and did that disrupt like Bruce Jones and Harbor when they saw you? Going I always in... did boards. Okay. From the you, beginning. So you had surfboards. So yeah. So my, Surf my idea was to bring some Newport flavor to Sleepy Little Silver Tools. Beach. Wade Wade Tools, uh, Stussy, Temponi. No, Russell had his own shop. Russell was Russell. Yeah. Uh, Oh, so you started carrying the stable brands. Yes. Okay, the Ghost Shapers. Yeah, because by this time, they had all branched off and were doing their own things. Yeah, so you were carrying Stussy's. Well, Stussy, we only got a few boards from him, and he had his place in Laguna, and he just couldn't couldn't stop me. So I was mainly doing Temponi's, and I had... Hooked up with this guy surfing named Joe Blair. Joe Blair. Yeah. And so I started carrying Joe Blair's. Uh, Joe was an amazing shaper. Still is today. Hmm. Um, he makes all Joel Tudor's sons. Tosh. Big wave, Tosh. He makes all his big wave guns. He builds a lot of boards for, for Tudor. Still down in Cardiff. Still doing his thing. Joe is an amazing person. Um but to get off that, so I always, surf was always in there. Okay. okay. Surf skate and windsurf was always. But, but windsurf, no competition. Me, yeah. Windsurf was just there again, another extension of surfing. Yeah. To me. Yeah. And I mean. We were it, wave sailing. That's what it was all about. Getting out through the waves instead of paddling, we were jumping. But it's your mix and passion, something you would love to do and something that's nobody else is caring. Right. Yeah. In flight surf and sail was the original name, yeah. Okay, and was clothing and ex- like what you know because yeah, we know so, so clothing didn't really happen till Missy till I married Missy and she got involved. Okay, you're hard goods driven. Yeah, yeah, and then Missy was magical with clothing and merchandising and displaying and doing all that kind of stuff. So speaking of Missy, how did you two meet? Me and Missy met on the beach at 54th Street because she was 
the only girl that could hang at 54th and was better than most of the boys. Uh, <laughs> and then we were all on Orange Coast surf team together. So you went Orange to Orange Coast, Coast College? College? Yeah. Okay. So that's where a lot of those guys' yeah. names you've been dropping, you know, got yeah, third. Yeah, and, we all yeah. went to school like, together there. We were all on the surf team together. Yeah. So Tom, rad. Tom McElroy. McElroy. Yeah. yeah. Tom was on. I just saw Tom yesterday. Uh, God, there's just so many I could go with all of us that came out of that era of uh, the surf team. Those eras was amazing. Yeah. I don't think we ever lost a single. But there again, I wasn't really the contest guy. Yeah. I would do it, but I just wasn't. Yeah. That wasn't my passion. Did you go to that reunion they had a couple? I just missed it. I uh, go to all of them, but I, we were in Catalina for the reunion. Okay. At Laird's house. Uh, so I met Missy there and. Just I, on the beach. Yeah. And then, then I was, I would follow her anywhere she went. I totally fell in love with her 1000%. <laughs> So wait, did you did you see her in the water? You're like, damn, this chick. Rips. Absolutely, I'd paddle around behind her. It was like, oh my god, I am in love. <laughs> I was like a dog in heat, you know. <laughs> and so, and was so she epic. like enamored with you too, or I don't think so. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? How old? How old were you? Oh gosh, twenty four. I figured out she worked at Marine Calendars. So on Brookhurst. No, on uh, up off of uh, the one at Costa Mesa. Okay. Seventeenth um, Street. Okay. Uh, and so I would go with my buddies. We would after surfing, we'd go there all the time to go, so I could go eat and, and see Missy. Yeah. And one day I got one of my friends to ask her for her number. Because <laughs> I was too shy. Oh my gosh, that's it's incredible! Like, hey, my buddy wants to know if she can get your number, <laughs> and I got it. And, and the rest that is point on, I just, uh, I just pursued her. And, but see, she was kind of traveling at that time. She had a boyfriend. Um, you stole her, huh? Yes. <laughs> she was surfing, traveling. Yeah. And you, With her boyfriend. And I you, didn't care. You didn't care. Uh, and so rad. I was just determined. Yeah. And so whenever she was home... She would call me or I'd call her because I was traveling around going to Japan. I was traveling around stuff now windsurfing. I was trying to be a pro windsurfer. So I'm traveling around riding got... big surf I'm on my windsurfer everywhere. So as you were growing in the business, you're trying yes. to be a pro windsurfer. Yes. Okay. Yes. And did you, were you a pro windsurfer? Yeah, but not at any level that would, you know, I was never Robbie Nash. Okay. I didn't have the time or the money. Um, but I, I loved doing it, so I, I traveled all over doing it. Really? Yeah. All like all over the world? Yeah. It. Was, you know, all over the South Pacific and Japan and yeah. other places. Um, wow. I know. This summer learning shit. That's what's awesome about this. And so whenever me and I would get back in town, I would try to get a hold of Missy or she'd try to get a hold of me. And, and so we would end up getting together and going to all the dance clubs, right? The Red Onion. The oh, Virginia. shit. You know, all the, the hot spots that were happening in those days. Yeah. Chester drawers and... Mazzotti's. Yeah. And the crazy burrow. <laughs> the day she broke up with that guy. You're on it. So hard. <laughs> Scott. I was not giving she, up. Were you, were, were, were you the, 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 the shoulder she came resting? Yeah. You know? So you're saying there's a chance. I just... Totally. <laughs> a chance in, in a million. Yeah. Right? 
but I just wasn't giving up. And so what I did is I would go to her house every day and play horseshoes with her dad and her brothers. Because <laughs> I figured I got to get in somehow. Yeah. yeah. And so. See how much your family loves me? Yeah. I became very good friends with her dad and stuff. And so it was like, hey, can I date your daughter? And he was like, please do. <laughs> Last boyfriend's a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's how. That's, that's how so awesome. That's awesome. And, and you're. You, if the business is 40 years, you guys have been together, how long did you say? 38. 38. So, yeah. right when you're kicking the business, you're back home, you're business blowing up. Great. You're, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow. You know, and uh, my dad always said, don't get married till you can afford a wife. And so it's like, okay, I can afford one. Yeah. Well. And so we went, um, we went to Maui to go windsurfing. And she didn't know how to windsurf yet. And... I had bought a ring and everything. I had it, had it planned. Hukipa. Yeah. And every day after windsurfing and everything, we'd go back to the house and and I would freaking hair out and I wouldn't ask her. <laughs> and I would hide the ring. On the last day, the last night there, we had gone to one of the Mexican bars and drank too much tequila and I got up enough nerve to Liquid ask her. Liquid courage. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were wrestling on the front lawn of the place and she was beating the crap out of me. <laughs> and I asked her to marry me and she said yes, which I totally didn't think was going to happen. Really? So that, that was your, get... like, that was why you're holding off. You're not just super nervous, but yeah, you're nervous, but you're also thinking that she might not say. Exactly. Yes. How long were you guys We to... were more like best friends. How long were you guys together before you asked her? Well, we were probably best friends for about two years. And then started uh, hooking up. Yeah. 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 And then no, we you... never dated really till. Yeah. But when you went to Maui. We were still pretty much just really good friends. Wow. Yeah. Like she wanted, she bought her own ticket. But it was just you two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you. Were no, you... we weren't hooking up. No. 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 That is epic. Missy was not that kind of girl. God Blame. bless her. Yeah. Um. Dude, yeah. that's you, you, crazy. You need to be serious. Yeah, if you want some of this. It's no wonder you kept yeah. putting it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you're super so you guys old. weren't even intimate yet. You're old Not school. Really, no. tra tra you're old school traditional right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And, and did you ask the dad? Though? Yeah, yeah, and dad. He told the dad. Of course, yes. I asked him first. Yeah, you gotta ask him. And so, uh, so she said yes. And so, uh, you know, we had a great evening. It, we had a, we just, you didn't extend we the trip. Totally in love. Uh, <laughs> and I couldn't find the ring. <laughs> no. You've you taken it out and put it back so many so times you don't know where to find it. <laughs> Could not find the freaking ring. Oh my God. I think she thinks I didn't even really buy one, right? And so. We're getting, finally, it's like our plane's leaving the next day. It's like, I can't find it. Did Still, you think you left it And this room? was every penny I had I spent on this freaking ring. Yeah. It's like 5,000 bucks. It was... <laughs> Back then. That was a lot of money. Right. It's a lot of money now. I'm like, well, we got to go. Yeah. We're going to miss our flight. And, and so, as I'm going out the front door, I reach over, and the little rim that's at the top of the, the door, door jam, I find it. It's right there. I'm like... I got it. That's so hilarious. <laughs> Holy lucky. Holy lucky. Dang. So, that is like, I mean, we were so nerve wracking. That our boards didn't make it on the plane. They, we had to get on 
said, hey, they might catch the next flight, whatever. You, yeah, the next day or something. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Just think if that ring was still there right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, did you already have a thriving in-flight surfing yeah. set? Yeah. So yes. that shit yes. was so already was thriving, going on. Thriving, okay. thriving, doing amazing. You're a single successful guy. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Trying then, to be a pro. Did you already buy the building? No. Close. Right around that period. Right around I, I don't time. think I owned the building at that time. Okay. But it was booming. You're trying to be this pro windsurfer. And you're trying to lock in the chick. You yeah, got the, yeah, yeah. the building. You know, everything's yeah. but you're, going. Nobody could tell me no. Are you, <laughs> are you like tripping on how well your business is going? I'm not even thinking about it. You're just taking it for granted. You're like, it's just happening. I can't believe it. Yeah. I'm windsurfing just, every day. Every day. You're I, just living. Uh, yeah, after work every day, I'm out. I, at 3 o'clock, I'm on the beach. I'm windsurfing every day. I'm promoting my... I was master promoter. I was promoting my stuff on the beach every single day. And all categories were kind of... Clicking well. Surfboards. Yes. Um, skateboards. Skateboards. Yes. Like everything, every single thing you had in the store. Except clothing. So I had nothing high margin. Everything was low margin. Because... Uh, the hard boards goods. you're making a hundred bucks on maybe the hard goods, yeah, yeah. hard goods. Forty percent markup. Tiffany is shaping for me. I'm doing in flights with my logo and his logo. Jeff's teaching me. I'm I'm sitting with Jeff a lot, learning how to shape my own windsurfers. I wasn't really interested in shaping surfboards. That was like there's no money in that. There's money over here. In the High ticket items. Yeah, so I was I was really focused, and I was really into the. The hydrodynamics behind the windsurfers, the, wind surfers, the fins, and the, and the aerodynamics behind the sails. I really geek out on that kind of stuff. Um, all my friends that know me understand what a geek I am with that kind of stuff. So tell us about the difference between shaping a windsurfer and a surfboard. Because it looks like they're on kind of, like you said, like a mini gun, but with more foam, thicker, wider. But... Uh, yeah, the, the basic outline, I mean, we were using big wave gun templates. Okay, we were building big surfboards in the beginning. But a lot thicker. But a lot thicker. Yeah. And a lot wider. You know, just a blown up version. Yeah. version. And then over the years, of course, we realized, wait, we don't want tail rocker. What are we doing? We want to go fast. So we started taking the tail rocker out and just, you know, the just rails a little were flip changing. up nose, but flat. Um, but. So you're shaping windsurf boards like part of your, part of the business that was like one of your growth or or like no no that was more my passion off to the side because you gotta remember i'm putting in mega hours building the store i'm building all my own displays i'm doing all my own merchandising i'm building every display in there i'm i'm running my shop i'm surfing in the morning i'm, yeah. I'm skating i'm i'm doing everything Racing motorcycles. I'm doing everything I can. Yeah, do. we didn't even get to that yet, yeah. too. And I'm doing all adrenaline junkie guy every time. Yeah. Uh, like real men. It's amazing how so, much you could do when you don't have kids yet. So yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and so the shaping was more just a passion that I always had uh, in the design side of it. So I always designed everything in my store. From I had Tim Pony, and Tim Pony moved to Maui. And I started working a lot with Joe Blair, and me and Joe Blair became best friends. We, I still consider us best friends today. 
And Joe came from Dick Brewer. He was shaped for Brewer forever. Wow. I, quick story. I just had a girl walk in my store this week with a Dick Brewer from her dad's from like 1974 that her dad bought brand new in Hawaii and it said Joe Blair Hawaii on it. No way. Like, oh my God, Joe, I got a picture. And I took a picture and sent it to him this week. That's so awesome. <laughs> hey, I'll take but that off your hands. If just, you... to, just to get off that. So that, that's where Joe's, um, his lineage came from. So I was like, man, I got a master here that works with me. And so me, and he was that loved windsurfing. So we just all went down this rabbit hole for years of building and designing the best windsurf stuff we could build. I was doing all the vacuum bagging. I was building the rocker tables, building the vacuum bag tables, uh, building all the vacuum bag systems because nobody was doing any of that. The only thing that vacuum bag in those days was aerospace. And this is for epoxy like windsurfers because wind anything else, Clark foam was way too heavy. Polystyrofoam wasn't near strong enough, so we had to find a way to make them light and strong. So hmm. we were making our own styrofoam cores and vacuum bagging high density foam around them. Crazy. And then reshaping them again and then glassing them. So much work. Wow. What, what, what yeah. would a windsurf board cost back then? I don't even know what they $1, cost now. $1,500. Which isn't that much. It was a lot for back then. Yeah. A surfboard was $300. Yeah. But so did you ever go away from, what was it, High Fly? Or yeah, so, well, High Fly was kind of my entry-level brand, but the sport had evolved so quickly. Every, it was, every month it was evolving radically, right? So by this time, we were mainly selling all high-performance stuff. The sport had just gone a whole high-performance. Everything's carbon fiber, light, fast, stiff. We're, we're slalom racing. We're big wave sailing. And that's kind of the way my shop we got away from the big stock windsurf type stuff to more performance and we chased this windsurf high performance side of it the mm -hmm. wave sailing side of it and then the slalom racing side of it was really i remember watching those competitions in the harbors and stuff or you know in the ocean they, they literally do races yeah yeah you know around the around the buoys and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah and so slalom racing is downwind but you're going in and out of them and you're going in and out of them and you're it's full speed no no rules so it's just really fast and really aggressive crazy fun yeah because you're banging into each yeah, other yeah. and you're just like I, flying yeah so <laughs> yeah. and then eventually you started shaping surfboards so so joe was one of my main shapers and then i met i was getting boards glassed in town here some of them and um i ended up meeting roger hines Mm. So I started working with Roger Hines a lot and shaping and glassing and working with Roger. And there again, that's always been my sideline passion, but not my business. My business to keep boards in the shop and to keep the shop loaded with boards, I needed to buy them. Yeah. And you wanted to have an assortment that- as, That's right. You know, cause a lot I of- I didn't want to be just in flight. Cause yeah. a lot of shops, prior right. were right. single branded stores right. right you know it was very few so i didn't want to be that i wanted to i didn't want to let my little passion pigeonhole my shop you didn't want to be a surfboard brand you want to be a surf shop selling a bunch of stuff that's right so so 
when did your business start? When did you find snowboarding? Okay, so meanwhile, while all this is going on, you know, I've got I've got this guy Joe Blair shaping for me. I've got Roger uh, Hines. Roger Hines, uh, Chaz, Charlie yeah. Wickwire was shaping a ton of our stuff back in the early days. Uh, great shaper. Um, Missy came to me with this <laughs> this ad in the back of Surfer Magazine. And all this before kids, obviously. And it had uh, to become a Burton snowboard dealer in choir. And so we, it was, you know, the card size ads in the back of the magazine. So I called him up and talked to Jake Burton. It's like the classifieds and, in the back. Yeah. yeah like, and said, we want to be a dealer here. And now were you already snowboarding? No, <laughs> we just thought it looked really interesting and super cool. And so, but you knew what snowboarding was. We knew what it yeah, was. We had seen it. I think I had told I had seen it in a Warren Miller movie or something, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And um, so, to be a dealer, we had to have, I think, four boards, two pairs of boots, and four gloves. Wow. And I think that that was the opening order. That was an open, and you got a display, and you were a Burton dealer. Easy. I still have one of the very first boards that we got off of that. God bless you. Yeah. I still I, have one of the woodies from that rack. Wow. Uh, Jake signed it. Now the the um, permanent markers aren't permanent on a snowboard because it's faded all the way. Uh, so you hadn't actually started snowboarding yet? No. Missy found this ad in the back of a surfer magazine. Yeah. And she's like, what do you think of this? And, and so... But niche and something different and you've had success on going after those endeavors already but we didn't really think about it that way it wasn't about a business thing there again it was just these stupid passions that we would run off with and so me and Missy surfing ordered them right and the only place we could find well first we climbed you know we went and got a cabin and we climb all these little hills and in big bear and, and snowboard down them at that time we had a siberian husky named dingo and we used to love to go to the mountains in the winter a lot so now we're riding these snowboards down the hill and hiking back up. Were you skiing? I used to ski. Missy never skied. Okay. But you uh, like the mountains. You Yes. You, yes. And, and I love skiing. I was a good skier. So I, I understood edging and I understood all that. Uh, but our first boards didn't have edges. They had two little fins in the back. And so... The the Burton snowboards had fins? Yeah. yeah like little skags. Two little aluminum skags yeah. in the back. What? Yeah. Yeah. For what? so... Well, to kind grip. of give you direction. Yeah. Seriously? Like you never board. seen one? Yeah. No. I'll, 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 yeah. I've seen the... I have one in my shop. Next time you shop, I'll show it to you. Okay. I have one in my garage at my other house. Yeah. So... Swallowtail. We find this little place called Snow Forest in Big Bear. When you're driving up the Big Bear, so first, you know the first little town of Big Bear before the ski resorts? Snow, before Snow Valley? Yeah. So, no, after right. Snow Valley, okay. you actually get into Big Bear. Uh, but before you get to... Where that road makes a left and goes over to the main road along the lake and it goes up to Summit. And, yep. Okay, there was a little air ski lift over there called Snow Forest. And we went over there and they just looked at us like, what are you going to do with those? And we're like, well, we want to slide down the hill with them. And they're like, well, you got to buy a ticket? And we're like, yeah. So if you'll buy a ticket, you can slide down the hill on those. And So you could have been the first snowboarders of that spot, of Bear or whatever. I would say... I would say most likely, I don't know. I don't want to claim anything. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
there was another one there the day we were there. And we realized real quick that they don't, the only way to get up to the top of that hill, because they only had palma lifts, rope toes. Those suck. And, and they're good for skiing because you could go on the side, but for snowboarding, you have to put it in your arm and do sideways. And, it's and we had no edges. Yeah. So I learned how to lean back and hang on that little fan and get it to Stay stand straight. up all the way up. Missy couldn't figure that out, so she would just lay on her belly and hold on to the thing and pull her all the way up the hill on her belly. <laughs> and she's in jeans. They're frozen solid, right? <laughs> yeah, because there wasn't all the technical outerwear no, or gloves or I goggles. I was a skier, so I had my Rafi Gore-Tex. I had the stuff. Missy had jeans that we sprayed with Scotchgard. Yeah, jeans and a freaking Right. And we wore vest. Sorrell's snow boots. And did that have bindings? Not really, no. It was just like a strap over the top of your foot. You slid. Flat, yeah. yeah. No back. No, no like back. Like water ski. Yeah, more like water, bindings. early water ski type stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then a rope in the front to kind of control. And uh, <laughs> But there was moments of brilliance. Each one of us, every one of them, we would get, all of a sudden we could edge this thing and then turn it and then we could jump it. And it was like, wow. This is cool. This is yeah. your first time doing it. Yeah. Well, really doing it, like on a mountain, on a resort. Yeah. Not just walking up and getting time. Not just walking up and coming yeah. down little hills, but actually going on a bigger hill and how, sliding How many down. times did you do that experimental walk up the cliff? Oh, probably a whole winter. And you were, it was good enough. It was fun, but not till we came down Snow Forest yeah. and did that first run did but, we realize the possibility of it. So... Did you buy, did you become a dealer right off the bat without mm-hmm. trying it first? Yes. Okay. So you, you just thought, fuck it, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to be a snowboard we're gonna do dealer this. too. Yes. And you tried it a bunch of times, fun, but not like great. It's a lot of work then, just walking and up then, and going down a little hill. Yeah. And then this place let you slide down the hill with it. And it was, and it was. We had moments of brilliance where we were absolutely hooked. And, and you're not... That's, we're, and that's we're pretty cool. Shit, okay, we're eating shit. Because you're going so so much faster. Well, and there's just no control. We're getting slammed this way, slammed that way. But. Yeah. And, and, you know, hiking off the, you know, not a ski resort, it's it's bumpy and it's mostly powder and choppy and whatever. Now you're on like a groomed, like, run. You're picking up speed. You're going fast. Going fast. And so... A year had gone by in Burton. We get their catalog with their new stuff, and their new stuff has steel edges on it. So, of course, we're buying that. So, we bought that. And um, how many boards did you sell the first year? Winter. We didn't sell any. You just, you just, had, you just got the four <laughs> that you guys all got used. One. Yeah. Yeah, it was my buddies. So we, we, we all bought them. And, yeah, so, the first year was just an experimental. Exactly. Year. Yeah, we wore the boots that we bought. Okay, what size are you? What size are you? Okay, because I'm sure those. people are walking in like, what the hell is this? Like, yeah, yeah. You didn't have any Like, interest. you were at the ground level before there was a business. Absolutely. Of snowboarding. Absolutely. You can, can you imagine Jake, Jake Burton and then we're like, we got a little fucking sucker buying this shit. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like in, in California, what are they going to do with it? Yeah, it's Southern California. Idiots. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, him and there was two him and another guy named Schmitty that were, they were so cool to us and they were windsurfers. So I totally jived. We, we jived instantly. Yeah. 
they knew you were legit. Like so they literally I, would come out in the summer at Windsor sir. with me, and we would go to the local ski resorts and try to convince them to let us snowboard on them. That's rad. What about Tom Sims? Was he in the okay, picture? Okay, so so not yeah. Tom's already doing his thing here, but I don't know him yet. I'm not really hooked up with him yet. He um, wasn't putting ads. He was like kind of like like grassroots, who, not yeah. little who, underground. Who was doing it first? You would have to argue with those guys about that. Okay. Uh, Simultaneously, guy. yes. Maybe? There's another. I think it was more of an East Coast West Coast thing that was just happening, and and it just came together as this crazy sport we have. Okay. I don't think it was, you know, this guy Chucky Barfoot was just right there in That's the middle another, of all of them. His name was Barfoot. Yeah, Chucky Barfoot. And Barfoot snowboards. Yes. <laughs> great wow. Great dude. Super great dude. Also, uh, but there again, you know, total hippies. They weren't business people. They were just. Like they were just passionate about what they did. Yeah. But um, so these edges are, we're riding boards with edges. And that created the. Then all of a sudden, group. me and Missy are like, wow. Night and day performance. This is, not, this is crazy. And we're learning. I'm learning because I knew how to ski. I knew edging. Missy didn't. So I'm teaching her. Was that the first year? That's our second year. Second year that they that they added the edges, the metal yes. edges. Okay. Yes. And. The um, missing. And we're going to Snow Forest, um, and we were going to, to, what's it called, Gold Mine. There was another little one around, another little ski resort up in Big Bear area uh, that would let us do it there also. Gold Mine, I think it was called. And so we would go there, and we're learning to do this. Meanwhile... I'm selling North Sales windsurfing. That's my big brand. Is you know the shops still focus 100% on sale, windsurf and yeah. surf and skate, because that's where our business is. In flight surf and sail. Right, and so my biggest dealer was North Sales. I, I sold a ton of North Sales booms, mass base, all that stuff. Well, they started carrying this little company called GNU. Snowboards. Yeah. yeah, it was Mike Olson and Peter Sorry. Okay. Also, windsurfers and watermen. Yeah, maybe they were making surfboards before they started yeah, making. These guys surfboards. are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so canoe and they good, 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 crazy. So, oh yeah, it's sweethearts. Yeah. But but like me, they're just their minds are turning all the time on how can yeah. we make this better? How and, can we build this? And they're so far remote and squim like Washington, like out of yeah. the the wheelhouse of action sports. So I go up to the gorge and, I, and I'm I'm windsurfing the gorge in the summertime and so these guys are their their factory is there up at the gorge but they're they're out towards mount hood uh-huh. and mount hood is a big ice like a glacier that stays all year round they had you can in the middle of summer you can go snowboarding or skiing at that time there was no snowboarding so i go hook up with these guys and I buy a race room from them. Race room? Uh, it, was a, it was one of their boards they made. And I ride it, and it's got, it's like a ski. It's got side cut in it. It's, it's got camber. And it's like, oh my God, this thing's amazing. Now you got something that's more sport, like high, high uh, performance. performance like. Yeah. It, it, works yeah it, it absolutely works because if you way better than the burton stuff at the time they were way ahead of burton because they looked at 
skis. Right. Theirs were more emulating skis, where Burton was more emulating a surfboard. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mountain High starts doing, this is probably the next winter after that summer of getting a hold of those. And so we start buying some of those. So you saw it quickly catching fire, the spark that turned into a little flame. Yeah. Yeah. And you're yeah. starting to see We're other turning people. turning it into a flame. Yeah. We're, we just keep sparking. Yeah. And you're like, this is fun. So Mountain High is going to start letting us snowboard on Wednesday nights only. It's the only time you can ride a snowboard on the mountain was Wednesday nights. Now, was there a lot of... It's where I broke my arm. So we go up there on a Wednesday night, me and Missy and my little cousin, Rusty, sets her. Right, you know Rusty. Gnarly? Guys, yeah, gnarly Rusty. No way! You that's, your, Rusty? that's your cousin? That's my brother, basically. My, my parents adopted him when he was He's like a eight fucking or beast. Yeah. So, we got Rusty. It's me, Rusty, and Missy. We're getting off the chair. We get off the chair. And me and Missy pretty much got down, but we're just teaching Rusty. And as we're getting off the chair, Rusty, like kids do, they grab us both and just fucking we all go to the ground. And the chairlift operator gets out of his thing and says, Hey! Beginner runs down there. Beat it. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'd be pissed too. Fuck you, kook. <laughs> and so we, we get up and we go. And, and this chairlift operator realizes we can snowboard. Yeah. yeah. So the next time up, he's like, hey, man, sorry about that. Yeah, because he probably hasn't seen that many snowboarders. No, no, not at all. Yeah. But he's a snowboarder. Okay. But we don't know it. Okay. He's just calling you out because your guy's... Fucking wipe that. He had to shut the fucking lift off, but he had to push the button. Yeah. <laughs> he had to push it again to get it going. Yeah. Well, by the end of that night, we see him at the bottom, and he's just like chatting us up. And it's this a good buddy of mine named Marco Hendrickson. Marco. And so we become friends. And so. Was Mar- it him? Yeah, it was Marco. That was the operator. That was the lift operator. Oh, my God. You know who that is? No, yeah, I know who he is. So Marco's the lift operator that's heckling me, and I told him to fuck off. And, and Yeah, so. Who's Marco Henderson? Just old old school Marco. snowboarder? Yeah, yeah, snowboarder, surfer. Okay. Our neighbors at the corner are good friends with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we end up becoming, like, great friends, and he hooks me up with Sims. He's good friends with Tom Sims, Dave Weaver. Okay, can I yes. interject real quick? So you, magazine in the back of the fucking magazine, yeah. become a dealer. Yeah. Year goes in, boards become that much more performance, and you're yeah. like, it feels like surfing more. GNU is like another step above. And then you're starting to see, is it... Now Sims, it's popping up more all over. And more like other snowboarders? Yeah, so it's a Wednesday night, right? It's only one night. So you know every snowboarder in freaking Southern California. Were you carrying Were the you new? S- yes. Were you and seeing a lot of people? Yeah, there'd probably be a dozen of us at a time. If I'm okay, That's if I'm, nothing though, right? No, no, but on a Wednesday night, we were pretty much the only people there. Yeah. So, so sheet yeah. ice, you'd never go there now, but we were so stoked to slide down the hill. It just didn't matter. So All were you jumps. selling boards? Yes. You're already starting to sell. Now we're selling stuff. Okay. We're like, starting. Like. No, we're selling stuff now. Like every, like. Like everything the I other bit, Yeah. Like everything else that you've been selling. Yeah. Skateboards, surfboards. Yeah. It's, it's really taking off. Wow. And I had spent a small stint 
going to college and during all that time working at Newport Ski Company. And I worked in the tech shop. You worked at Newport Ski Company? Yeah. So oh. I, I learned to... Like before you started this business or like... Yeah, yeah. Before I started this business. Okay. So I knew ski. I, was, I knew the tech side yeah. of things. So I thought, well, fuck, if I'm going to be... What is the greatest ski shop ever at that time was Newport Ski Company. Yeah. They did it right. Better than anybody. They were so professional. Did you work with Mike Martin? Isn't, didn't Mike, Mike Martin sure come did. from there? Yeah. I don't know. You know who that is? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I took that same philosophy of how they did it, and I went, this is how we're going to do it. So we're going to do specific. snow. We're going to do it like this. We're going to build them. We're going to tune them. We're going to fix them. We're going to fit them, and we're going to make things better. And that's what we did. Yeah. Literally, the only snowboard boots we had were Sorrells. Which were not... Which is a snow boot with a felt liner. Yeah. It, it, yeah it's more were, of like it, a, a... After ski boot. Yeah. Yeah. So what I did is I would go to Newport Ski Company and get all their old bladders. Because every year, every two years, they would take... They would keep the shell for their rental boots, ski boots. And they would take the inner bladder out and throw them all away and put all new bladders inside of all of them. I would take the trash cans of bladders back to my shop. I would spray them all really good with Lysol and air them out the best I could. I would fit them to whatever size they fit. And I had a formula that I had worked out of what Sorel. So I would buy Sorel's from Sorel. I would fit these boots. For rental. No, I'm no, selling them. You're selling them. Because there's no ski, there's no snowboard boots yet. Wow. I'm making snowboard boots. What was Burton selling? They had a, it was like a Sorel. Yeah. Okay. Their own version. But yeah, but it's their own version, but it just didn't have the lace up bladder like the ski boots had. So I'm freaking sliding these things in and I bought a big grinder and I'm grinding all the excess off because our toes were dragging so hard on the toe and heel that I'm like, we got to get rid of that. So I was grinding all that off and making my own freaking snowboard boots and selling them to everybody. I had everybody coming to me for boots. You customized wow. Sorel boots for snowboard. I made snowboard boots out of Sorel's and old ski bladders. Look at this guy. I know. This is a DIY. This is a lesson <laughs> in taking the bull by the fucking horns and creating a, a well, niche. I mean, here he is. He's, he's riding. He's he's snowboarding and riding and 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 seeing limitations on like what, yeah, what you have. Yeah, right. you're like, how it's do the I R and D? Right. And implementing yeah. the, the learnings into his own business. And probably it's really hard to get just seasonal in season, like new stuff, you know? Yeah. So, and but, but, I, but we got to back up just a tad. And you got to remember, I, we keep saying me, 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 I, I, I. It's not really me. I'm doing those things. But meanwhile, the shop's growing massively and cranking. And yeah, I mean, you I'm doing you, my tinkering and yeah. my little things, the shop's expanding, like just cranking. And so I, you know, I don't want to sit here and take credit for all that. That was, Tom Winchell was a huge part of that. Tom and Missy did, were brilliant at everything I did. They could sell it. So when did Tom come on board? He came on board late eighties. Um, when the whole, he was riding Chaz surfboards. He got me into Chaz. He started bringing the Chazes into the shop. Uh, he was my main surfboard salesman he was my surfboard guy you know he could sell the tip ponies he so could he was there before the... snowboarding came became a yeah category yes okay 
Um, and that's why I wanted to back up because it's like, wait, I'm taking all this credit for building the shop. I, these but no, people, we know you have a, you, have, these you, have, you got a team and this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just, they followed me with these crazy passions I had. And so Tom is like Tom, when he's into one sport, he's into one sport. And me and Missy kept telling him about this snowboard thing. You got to come with us. You got to come with us. And one time we threw him in our van and we took him to, I think it was Boreal, somewhere up in Tahoe that was letting us snowboard. And fucking Tom was hooked. Hook, line, Bad and sinker. Bad news and all. 100%. <laughs> Freaking, he watched this guy, Damian Sanders, freaking snowboarding, going off these cliffs. And Tom's like, I'm doing oh, that. That was, because that was everything and, and, for us. And Damian exactly Sanders what, was the and that's fucking that's exactly on. where Tom went, was right to that level. So yeah. you're, you're talking about the, the sport quickly oh, it's going became a, a sensation. Yeah, so next thing you know, we're... They're showing product at the big ski show in Vegas, which had never been done before. The Magic or another big show. Ski show. Oh, SIA. Yeah. SIA. 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 Giant yeah. ski show. All of a sudden, they're going to have snowboard people in there. And we're like, wow, we get to go to show and look at new stuff that's going on all over. And it's not just the hard goods, but there's like, like, Boots, bindings, There's clothes. Every, guys, every, other people like me are into it, but they're into the clothing side of it. And other guys yeah. like me are into it, but they're into like the boot side of it or the binding side of it. And Try to specialize in Yeah, and they're specializing. So yeah. we're like, now we got a chance to go and see this So in one spot. As as in in the span of like two or three years, it was become a big category for you, right? Yes. yes. And like GNU and uh, Sims, Burton, Burton were the three. Sims, like those companies, were our major and when, lifeline. When you, yes. when you started going, okay, the buy, you know, budgeting for and buying boards, like, what, what was that like thought process? What did we buy last year? Let's double it because it's because um, <laughs> there again, I've emphasized this through the whole thing. I'm not that guy. I'm the guy that just fucking buys it and now I'm going to sell it. Yeah. I yeah. don't think about, Ooh, here's my budget. Here's yeah. my, and did it get me in trouble? Lots of times. If it wasn't for Missy, I would not be here. So, okay. <laughs> go, go, I mean, going back to this for the Can't people, tell you how many times I've gotten myself in trouble with that attitude. Cause, well, cause the importance of in flight to the snowboard industry, I think a lot of people know, but our, audience are people that listen to our show may not know may not know and yeah. and the the importance of in flight and what you helped to build the industry of snowboarding like were was like jake burton and whoever those guys that own gnu and like tom sims that were they just tripping on what you were doing absolutely on on absolutely yeah because absolutely because there was no other i mean no no, no. they were just like how many do you want yeah. Wait, you're in Southern everything. California. You're not in right. Aspen or Colorado or Utah or, no, you know, no, snow. I want everything you can build. And were, were they like, were you got, were you in your mind going, I'm a surfer, I'm a windsurfer, I'm a snowboarder. There's a lot of people like me. Or, no, no. or you were just like, fuck it. I love doing they wanted this. To we're going to yes. put this. Yes. Because 
Yes. In my, in my, you know what I mean? Like that's so crazy. Yes. I don't think they were looking at like, is this a, a core shop or not? They're, he's just saying, I want this many. And they're like, fuck, okay. No, no, I, I get that. But I'm just saying he is creating a bigger audience, a bigger market for them. Oh, 100%. And, and you know what I mean? Like Jake Burton, right? Right. He's, he's seeing the growth and, and the explosion. Yes. Your enthusiasm is starting to create more we snowboarders. There, at that time, we were their biggest number one dealer in the world. <laughs> For years. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Single shop. Biggest single shop dealer in the world. And, and what's in Southern California on the beach? What's, I couldn't figure that out. No. What's, what the hell? Because yeah. of the Mecca of surf and this is taking, and again, growing up was surf in the morning, snowboard at night. Like we would do mountain high once a week, right. like in the evenings, like and, and all the time. Remember, because of this guy. You also have to remember. He the, helped. The windsurf guys were all tech heads. Well, they loved snowboarding. Yeah. So that whole clientele went right into snowboarding. Yeah. More adrenaline, adrenaline junkies that yeah. just, you know, yeah, like, hey, just I, adrenaline junkies. Yeah. The same guy that wants to go hang gliding in those days or anything. He's got him ride a freaking snowboard. Because, yeah. you know, the, the building that you bought, right? Yeah. And it sucks because the people that don't know the history of in-flight, right? Of, of that small little corner that you are now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, the, and the... Upstairs. Like, to to go back in time and go look what it was before, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not saying, oh, you know, poor you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but no. holy fucking shit, yeah, like yeah. what you got in that small space, kept growing the business, you know? Yeah. And then owning the fucking property. Yeah. yeah. And then retracting it. But before we go to the retraction, yeah, yeah. like what you did for the industry, you know, creating snowboarders up and down Southern California. Yes. Creating monetary livelihoods for a ton of fucking brands. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and employees. And employees. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's so crazy how, you know, yeah. it all started with Missy looking, seeing that little shitty card in the back of surfer magazine that's right it's yeah. so crazy yeah yeah you know i and, and again like you know the timing of you know that market was emerging it was like it was nothing i mean it was there was no business yeah when but, it started. but but going no back business. but going back to like why did it flourish so hard here at the coast versus some maybe some other spots that were more mountain centric or you know located it's yeah, like yeah. because I think surfers are more open-minded and like, you know, it's like, Hey, I could go surf the mountain. Everybody just didn't, I wouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people were already skiing. Yeah. You know, that's right. But in, skate, but in skateboarding and surfing and be yes. like, and then yes. it's just me like, wait, this is kind of like, you know, my, I could go regular foot and go, you know, like it just made sense. Like, I'm going to go do that. What do you mean? It's You're... the sideways stance. That... But, but if you were a ski town, it, it made no sense at all. No. Yeah. These are all skiers. No, that's why okay, the coast. In. Yeah. yeah. But on right here, especially Orange County, is such a mecca of new sports. Yeah. Orange County people are just freaking, let's go do it. 
Yeah. It's outdoors um, and it's it's, it's, it's the sideways stance that and, and connects. That, that's what made sense to me. Yeah. And, and I think so many people here in Southern California, I, and I think Southern, it's not did Scott make this big snowboard industry? No. I think Southern California was the There's, huge, huge thing that made snowboarding what it is today. Yeah. It's really the Southern well, just, California people. It yeah. just goes to the, like the mountains where you could and couldn't snowboard like mountain high was our go-to before mammoth even accepted snowboarders yeah you know so it was like well, mammoth wouldn't even let us near it but that's the th that's like again like a, a a mountain resort closer to the coast that kind of had that demand and that people and then it kind of started going inland you yeah. know further and further yeah. but it, then we got to snow valley and big bear once we got to snow valley all of a sudden, we were filling Snow Valley with yeah. snowboarders, and Snow Summit went. Wait a minute. Yeah. We want some of that business, and they came down and made a deal with me to freaking bring my snowboard team. They would sponsor us, and we would go up there once a week and practice and bring that business to Snow Summit. And so we would put on a we put on some big events at Summit. Hmm. Uh, and and they also. Like would I don't know if you did this? Did you guys rent like buses, buses and, and stuff and, and shuttle people? We were probably the first people to do that. That's what I'm saying. Like, like we, yeah, yeah, because it was the Blue Angels, and they met in front of our shop. Yes, and took all the kids to the mountain. And Dude. Missy was the chaperone, and uh, were you guys just tripping on what this mo this little monster? No, how we, big we it? were having kids. The shop was cranking. I had great employees. Um, I had this girl, I gotta mention, Lori Bassett. Oh, God. You guys probably know Lori. She's my neighbor, bro. Lori's your neighbor, okay. Yeah. Lori's been with me since the very beginning, yeah. since I opened. Her mom came into my shop and said, This is my daughter. She's turning 16. She needs to pay for her. Car insurance, insurance on her car. <laughs> she needs a job. And she likes everything you guys are doing. And if you know Lori's mom, you don't say no. <laughs> yeah. I said, okay. And it's Lori beautiful. had a job. And Lori went on to become my manager. Lori ran the place. I forget that. I forget why she we was... were having why Missy was having kids. You know, Missy had to step out and she was more of a stay at home mom for years and raised the kids. Mm -hmm. uh, Lori did the hard day-to-day -day work in there, and Missy did. She would come in at night and re. Missy's a master merchandiser. So once the kids would go to bed, she'd come down and work till midnight, freaking merchandising. And uh, it's so important. Yeah, so yeah. important. You know, like, yeah. like that's the uh, presentation is everything. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah we and, gr we grew up, you know, in service board days. Like yeah. it was. Shirts had to be a full in a certain way. They had to be stacked neat. Everything had to be neat, you know, because yeah. it's got to be inviting. If it comes in, it's messy. I hate it when I go into retail stores and things are out of order and messy. And again, maybe it's a little bit of my, you know, OCT, what do you, o o OCD. OCD and ADHD. I'm like, ah, oh. but that's everything. But Customer you know service. That's what product. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 Like you've yeah. got to be able to like have a, a friendly environment easy to shop great customer service i mean there's a lot of factors that yeah. go into being successful at yeah. retail but yeah. it's you know 
it's it's kind of like the, all that the, over no, the years. We it's like the no of that going in. The yeah. no brainer is, <laughs> you know, keeping it organized and clean. You know, yeah. like we couldn't got to dust everything, make sure there's no yeah. dust on top yeah. of stuff. You got but, time to lean. You got time to clean. Yeah. <laughs> but but merchandise, you got you know if, if you got reoccurring customers coming in, your your regulars and stuff, and you know you want to. If they're so familiar with just going to that one spot, that one thing, they get bored, with they it. Get bored and they and they don't yeah. even see everything else. And right. you got to keep it fresh. You got to keep it relevant. Keep it moving. Yeah. Like, hey, what happened yeah. to that? Oh yeah, we moved it over here. We got this new stuff. And they're like, you know, it's just the more you can keep them in store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you got to move things around to keep it new and fresh. Yeah. And what do you mean? That's been in there. That's that's been there three months, yeah. and they yeah, just yeah. think it's like the hottest yeah. new thing. It's like, whoa, is this yeah, new? Yeah, yeah. Yep, it sure is. Well, the, uh, a good story to that is when our kids were real little and starting to grow up, uh, me and Missy used to buy Disneyland passes for the whole family. And we would let them just go, and we would sit there and just watch a retail location, watch stuff sell out of it. And it just blew my at mind Disneyland? how at Disneyland, because those, those are master merchandisers. Yeah, master. Okay. And I thought, if I'm going to learn this, this is a place to learn it. And so we would go to like... This say, guy's so funny, dude. You, <laughs> you find the... Uh, well, now he... The now, secrets well, and just, you know, latch onto it. Well, now he has kids. He's going to Disneyland. And he sees like, okay, they're, they're funneling out of the ride, right yeah. into this, right out, right at, you know. Right. Like, and so I, we were sitting in Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm watching. They have all these little like um, rubber band guns, right? And I'm sitting here and I'm, and I'm watching the... Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. It was Tom Sawyer's Island. It was Tom Sawyer's Island, and, and we were just sitting watching while the kids would go nuts. And um, this rubber band gun, I remember they were on one display, and everybody would just walk right by it. And they were on another display, the exact same items over here, and every kid would go and miss those and go right to that one. Wow. And I went, why? What a trip. Yeah. You're seeing two of the exact same products, but they're going by one. Yeah. But merchandise differently. And, and I, I realized every time they walk in that door, they look to the right. Every single person that walks in, he looks to the right. Wow. And I went, okay. There's something to that. When you walk that. in, you've got to, you've got, that's where you've got to have your product that's going to sell. We got to yeah. move the door to the far left of the door. <laughs> <laughs> right? So then, so once I figured that out, me and Missy would go there all the time and just watch how they would merchandise and display things. Gosh. And so I really got into, in my back shop back there, where my shaping bay was and everything. Sometimes my shaping bay was always something. It would be turned into a, a, a woodworking area for a while. It would be turned into a vacuum bag place for a while. It was always one of my freaking passions I was going. So then I just got into crazy woodworking and building all these crazy displays in my store. and Fixtures for your... For the store. Yeah. I became, I could build walls with their recessed freaking standards and all that i learned how to do all that yeah yeah i mean because I, I never could afford to pay someone to come do the did, inside of my store so i just did it all myself didn't you guys weren't you guys kind of like a quicksilver board riders club the too? first one <laughs> you're gonna Dude. say the first one i'm gonna say the first one wow okay there again that was bob and danny's idea uh they came, first one ever i yeah, so I'm going to say first one ever. Okay. I don't know one before me. So tell us 
What year you think that was? And, and what did that mean? It had to be like 91. I, you, I didn't do very 90. good at school. What, when, uh, um, it had to be early 90s. Yeah. Okay, so what, what, how'd that transpire? Okay, so we were selling um, tons of Quicksilver. Tons of Quicksilver snow. Okay. Um, Aren't you glad I brought this up? My rep. I, I, I can't believe you brought it up. pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, who was the uh, rep? Willie Morris was my rep. Willie Morris. R.I.P. Legend. Ugh. And so Willie comes in and he's like, hey, the guys, they want to talk to you. They, they got a fucking idea. So I went in there and I'm talking to them and they're telling me what they want to do. And I'm the first one. So there's no guidelines yet of how this board writer's got to work. So I'm like, well, I don't want to lose my name in flight. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I'd, I'll be a Quicksilver board rider club, but I don't, I'm not, I'm going to be in flight. Yeah. It's got to be a shop in shop, yeah. not a right. full store. Right. And so, uh, <laughs> here comes fucking Peter Schroff <laughs> and his drawings and his no hair dog. And he showed me all these freaking <laughs> renderings and love Peter. I've known Peter since the 54th Street days. I went to Totos with Peter on a fucking trip, which was a whole nother fucking story. But um, we had him on the podcast, just yeah, to let you know. So love Peter. Yeah. And so, uh, but you know, he's like the crazy, crazy artist. eccentric. He's, yeah. He's really artistic mm -hmm. and he's really like, like we can't even think his way. Yeah. And so I kind of let Peter just go with it. Nice. And he had all these renderings, and I was just like, if that's what you think, let's do it. Yeah, because at the time, your space was fucking huge. It was everything. That's right. That's the right. whole building. So what were you, and we're full. And what yeah. were you dedicating to this board rider club, you know, like, you know, Quicksilver sec The whole downstairs. The whole? The whole downstairs. Holy crap. So, now we, I had to really piss some people off. So Tom Winchell was there, Lori Bassett was there, right? Tom might have moved on by then. Okay. I think Tom had moved on. Okay. Lori Bassett was there. Drew Baz was there. Drew Baz. Um, 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 God, a couple really good guys. If I wish I could remember all their names, then you would love them. Um, yeah, I'll think of them. But um, Tom was off doing... Morrow. Moro, yeah, that's right. That Tom was doing Moro at the time, um, and so we did the whole downstairs. But okay, so part of the deal was I had to get rid of Billabong. I had to get rid of Stussy. I had to get rid of these big brands that were good for me and good people, and we all did good business for a long time. So that was part, that of, the was part of the deal. To turn it into Quicksilver Board Riders, just the downstairs, just the downstairs. And but, what were you going to do upstairs? Well, upstairs was still my snow room, windsurf room, surf room. So that was still us. And you could still sell other boards. Uh, yeah, I could sell whatever I wanted, but I couldn't sell. I Clothing. couldn't go and move all those brands upstairs and say, okay, this is upstairs. Okay. Okay, so what did I get? What was the trade-off? Okay, were they going to completely redo the inside of my store with this bitch and renderings that... Peter had come up with 
I don't know if he drove or who drove, but they were just bitching. And I knew I could never afford to do that. And nobody else was, this is way before anybody was paying to do build outs in people's stores. Nobody was doing that yet. This is probably, yeah, one of the first ventures so, into it. I was like, oh, fuck. And it was the gnarly killer wood. Oh, it was the killer It was wood. all the tiki Dude, and the all the hula. The was matte, was like grass matte. Yeah. They had to change out after a year because we wore right through it in a year. Yeah. It was like yeah. the rattan looking yeah, it was like so grass. dusty. Yeah. It just made a dust. We had to, it was a nightmare, but it was I mean, the bitching. busier the store, the more fucking. Yeah. But it had all the little met. cubbies everywhere. All the little cubbies, all the trinkets. All the trinkets. Trinket Peter showed up with vans of trinkets full. <laughs> yeah. Steve Jones, too, right? Steve Jones, that's yeah. right. It was Peter and Steve Jones. That's right. I forgot and, about Steve. And, that's right. And gloss boards on the columns. Yeah. Oh, and man. Like, I had, they, we had taken the... the, the Lava uh, lamps. Remember yeah. the, the loops for security that had the little yeah. tag? That we had recessed those inside, inside of a surfboard that Peter had made, these super over-exaggerated, yeah. pulled-in nose, black things. Yeah. It was a security it was alarm. Beautiful. Yeah, there were security alarms. Yeah. It, they, they did a beautiful yeah. job. It was beautiful. Yeah. So you uh, had to kick everybody out. Yes. All brands. I made a lot of enemies. Yeah. Because you were killing it. they didn't understand it. They didn't understand it. They, you know, they didn't look at it like, oh, this is just a guy. They look at it, they're fucking kicking me out. And it's like, it wasn't like that at all. Yeah. I think there are some reps to this day hate me. It was definitely... Uh, you, you know, know it was a big risk on your end yeah. and, and, and you know it was something new and different and that's been your mo from the beginning it's like yeah and and willie was um one of my favorite reps at the time uh, now we are right can we can we can we just interject just that quicksilver logo so like this is a surf brand mountain and wave yeah yes you know it's There's, perfect for snowboarding well, and surfing. well that's what i'm getting at is like yeah. there was Snowboarding, skiing, I don't care anything to do with snow outside of, that was not even on their radar or blip nope. or nothing. Nope. But the fact that they, you know, got on that trend super, the, the first surf brand to really get into ski, ski, winter, winter sport. The Aussie guys had it down. And they, you know, and, and how it resonated with the logo, their messaging, mountain wave and snow is just like, and snowboarding just happened to come into this and, and they it, had and their logo and then being a surf company and and their marketing genius and like, their marketing genius they was went, brilliant yeah it's crazy I, I, and it's crazy about, they've let it get away from them at this point yeah i just i just it's baffling that you know here quicksilver started in early 72 70 yeah. and here we are 15 almost 20 years later and now, like, wow, the, the mountain surf logo, Wave and Mountain, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy how great it was for snowboarding and surfing, but also for Roxy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the two, oh, yeah. The, the heart. Like, yeah. how did that, like, they just, talking about getting luck See, or timing. Sometimes they're just, the timing just works. Yeah. Like, oh, look at this. So, so. And, you know, you say, was it Bob? You know, Bob's right. But it's it's like it's not just Bob. It's not me. It's all the people that yeah. we just brought around us. It's Ran a, yeah, yeah. Randy Hill, it's Peter Schroff. It's the people that you brought into your clan that yeah. made, makes it all happen. So you pissed off a lot of people. Yeah, you so got the store. Off a lot of people. And 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 then what happens? Uh, 
it went well for a while. Um, but the, the whole thing hadn't been worked out yet. The whole board rider thing was new. They were starting to build them all over. Yeah. All of a sudden, I had all these people that I didn't deal with any of these people. They didn't even work there when I started as a board rider. I just dealt with Bob and Danny yeah. and, and Willie. That was my whole board rider connection. And you got all these people coming I got, in. They have a whole says. group of people that are running board riders. Yeah. And Bob and all these guys are too busy to deal with me. And all of a sudden, I have these people coming to my store telling me what to do, what I'm going to carry, who I'm going to carry, and how this is all going to work. Hmm. And, and that's when you say, that's when I said, I fuck know, you, I won't do what you tell me. We never signed a contract. We had no contract of any sort. This how was many just years? a bro deal. Three years, four, five yeah, years? Yeah, probably three years. Three years in. And uh, How much do you think they spent on that build up? A lot. Yeah. But... It was their model store. They brought every to all the other ones they opened. Model after They brought yours. to my store. They looked at it and then they would sell these franchises or whatever they were. I'm not yeah. sure exactly what they were. Uh, they would sell them to these people and they would open them all over. So ser service for Main Street opens up in '91. Yeah, something like that. You know, and there it was quickly. Added. It was a couple of years. 92, 93? I can't remember I graduated exactly. in 93 and I stopped working there. And it was there at least a year or two. Yeah. You know? They're, they're board riders club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm With just the like, fish tank and yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. spent a mint. Yeah, so that came in after me. That, so that was, was the first you. one. And then that, then that was on. Then Aaron was mad because they didn't get it. Yeah. Right? Everybody was mad because their store didn't get it. But it wasn't that they picked me. It was just... Here's a kind of an out of the way shop that we can, you know, we're not on tinker Main with. Street. Yep. Tinker with it. We can tinker with it. We, we can learn what works and what doesn't. And then we take it big. Yeah. Which is, it's crazy because it makes sense what you just said. Like, it's not on Main Street, but still, no. that's what you want. Uh, you yeah, know, they want it. In, you want it to be in the most the mecca. Sure, but they want it working first. Yeah. True. True. But I think, though, what you had was something different and special. Well, what we brought to the table that, that they didn't was the full package, the snow. Yeah, that's we what I'm saying. We were carrying tons of their product. Yeah. Yeah, I think you, Service Board dabbled in it like two seasons. Yeah, you know? I think and they, they never did it. Yeah. They, no. never, they just lost money with it. Yeah. Bro, I was there when we did that. Yeah. When we, we did it for one fucking season. I, I think, think one, yeah, yeah, maybe two. Yogi, yeah. Yogi Ibarra. Yeah. Talk because he likes snowboarding and yeah. he talked pie into doing it. And we half assed it. We couldn't get burned. We couldn't get anything, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. he bought the the grinder. The grinder. And I think God, I'd love to get it. one time it he was called a me flash and asked me if pan. I wanted to buy that and I'm like, ah no, that's okay. God, I wish I would have bought that. Yeah. <laughs> so Aaron, Aaron, if you're out there you still have you it, still have it, I would like to <laughs> no buy <way>. that. <laughs> So uh, you, didn't buy any, you didn't buy any of this portion. I'm ready by the grind right now. So no. your your business has morphed so many different. Yes, yes. One time, Bob McKnight said to me, um, "You need to reinvent yourself every three to four years." Interesting. That was and that was advice. That was advice, and I've lived by that advice. Um, and. That was all way pre-internet and all that. So now I think you have to reinvent yourself 
like every two years you need to be really reinventing yourself or, or some, refining it in some way shape or form whether it's like new trendy brands or like just look like inside a little bit, bit of everything all of it. all of you both yeah all of it new technology bring it in uh get out the old that you know like, like windsurf died I, and I, i'm when he told me that i'm pretty sure that's what he was telling me at that time that i About look back windsurfing. now was time for you to get rid of windsurf it's doing nothing for you anymore uh so tell us about that like de it's kind of depressing right like yeah 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 so, when you when you go and you cultivate this thing that you're passionate about yeah and it becomes so it's like having a kid almost that brings in so much joy yes and so much revenue right yes, yes. and then all of a sudden it, it brings you nothing but heartache yeah like what 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 were the factors first it, it happened with snow and it's i feel like a lot of it's economy driven too but, like a high ticket the windsurf thing the, like the, what the, killed windsurfing the main thing that killed windsurfing was uh the same thing that's really hurting our sports today was that was when mail order was first becoming big it was all pre-internet this is mail order and the windsurf industry i'll never forget the day we were up at hood river and in, in our trade show and they were having a big seminar and all the big to do's the the big manufacturers were making a decision that day that they were all going to start selling direct to consumer through mail order through mail order mm. or through big mail order houses sure you can still carry their stuff in your shop but, but there's they, more competition they're going to be d to c more more but competition they're going to be your competition yeah from that day forward they started chipping away killing windsor yeah. shops and so as you kill a shop like mine in Windsor, you're killing the guy that was out there every single day promoting the sport, yeah. pushing it, showing people how much fun it can be, having fun with these people, putting on events, driving a sport from ground to an actual sport. It, yeah. yeah, you almost got that second generation wave, not just on the factory and brand level but like now here you are like an expertise and you're kind of the, like the go-to guy because you're the only guy now you got like i don't know how many years later now you got all these like almost like surf schools popping up windsurf you know like they don't need to come to you for specialty they could get it cheaper and there's 10 other dudes that are doing lessons right. up and down the coast that's right that's so right. it's you kind of get squeezed out based right. on right. a lot more people have been participating right. you got more right. people you're the only hey that's why I bought from you because there's nobody else to get lessons and you rip and I want to support you. But now it's like, yeah. I got 10 people I could go get lessons from or that's maybe right. more. That's right. And I could it, get it cheaper. From it was and a, I can get it mailed to my house for less money. I mean, that sucks. It's a but cottage industry that they tried to mass produce and, and, and mass. Yeah. So then you say snowboarding. Snowboarding was a 100% cottage industry. Okay. We used to go to these trade shows and and we, we knew everybody. And this guy was building them out of his freaking garage, right? And this guy was starting another brand with his dad at their, the back of his warehouse. And, and you, you really knew everybody. And there was a lot of that in Huntington. Hey. Yeah. A lot of that. And, and that's what was happening. Hey. Yeah. What's up, bro? 
it's so frustrating and I, I you know we always we talk about this a lot it's like why can't people just be disciplined you know money why can't the they... corporate levels never gonna be that. yeah but money. but you know what I'm saying like how many times that you you go look if you would have just been disciplined and been patient and 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 kind of just tended that one garden instead of trying to uh, monopolize everything and oversaturate the market instead of instead of doing 10 million in one year you could do 10 million in a hundred years in a hundred years right they don't look at it like that <sighs> no you're so right it's so frustrating it like but that. it's you know on the flip side you're on their end and they're like I could do no wrong. It's a demand's there and it's a blow it out, you know? Yeah, right. but, I'm not going to live that long. But so let's make our money. But how many times yeah. do you see that happen? Over and over and over. Time and time. And then they mass produce. Yeah. They overproduce. Just like after the COVID years, how many people overproduced? Yeah. It's so yeah. unfortunate that, you yeah. know, and again, you're just riding the coattails, hoping that a lot of those people were going to stay as a participant or, you know, come back because. You, you know, look what it did to our lives. Like how hooked we got on surf in that yeah. lifestyle. It was like, dude, that's, you know, when people go and, and learn for the first time and they catch that wave that like you, there's you're no hooked. way that could, yeah, you're hooked. There's yeah. no way that's going to so, fade away. But so yeah. that's really the funny part about all of this is every bit of this whole story came from surf. Yeah. yeah. That's what our show is about. Like how and stoked we are. We're fucking surfers. When, We're fucking exactly. Surfers. When all else fails, we go back to surfing. <laughs> and right, yeah. And so that's what this is all about. I mean, my whole life story is that's what it, my whole life story is about. Is is I follow these surf directions, all these different ways of surfing. But when it really comes down to it, I just want to go surfing. Yeah, yeah. These are these are you little. Know what I mean, these yeah. are little. Not I wouldn't even say side hobbies because you're super heavily invested, but it's. You know, we know surfing. We're, we're, we're subject to the swell and the conditions, right. and there's so, there's late there's lots of bad times of the year. So how do you keep that stoked? Well, you go in the winter, you snowboard, or you know, you, you skateboard. skateboard. But as we get older, that really hurts. Yeah, no, you can't do that. Right. So the snow was really the way for it to be six foot and perfect. You know, when you went on vacation, that's what this that. guy says all the time. <laughs> it's right, six foot and perfect all it's day. Six foot and glassy all day. That's yeah, right. I made. 400 bottom turns today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Half of them were left and half of them were right. Yeah. So, so it's snowboarding industry downfall. So similar to. So next thing you know, they're selling snowboards at um, Big Five. Yeah. Sports Chalet. Sports Chalet, the liquor store next door. Yeah. You know what I mean? It got so they're saturated. Everybody possible is in the industry and they're selling it yeah um well all the ski manufacturers started buying up all the snowboard companies right they bought up all of them and they buried 90 percent of them and kept the ones they wanted to keep um, keep it at bay but make and, money but yeah 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 and the ski guys had no idea what made snowboarding in the first place they never did get it ever and so they went with the ease of snowboarding. How easy can we make this for people? And so that's why they all went to the rocker and boards. Mm. It just really didn't work the way it was designed. But it made it to where anybody could get on it without breaking their wrist. As we've all learned on camera boards, to throw you forward, 
you know, they'll catch an edge and throw you down hard. Well, that and at night and you can't really see the ice, you know, unless you got right. the glare. So <laughs> they really dummied it down to look at we had when we were cranking, we had step in bindings. We had our boards were state of the art. Everything was the Palmer boards were some of the best stuff that was coming out at that time. Um, and we really went through this dark ages where bindings got worse. Huh. All the step-ins went away. Yeah. We're back to these strap-on crap, crushing our feet all day, every day. Getting numb and toes Getting are frozen. Numb. The boots were just junk. They're just, they're making them lighten out of all these materials that you strap them 15 times and your bindings and they're coming apart. Uh, we really went through this, I call the dark ages of snowboarding, which was, we just saw people crap. Yeah. Yeah. People got, and everything started moving overseas. Yeah. Not that Innovation. there's not bad factories overseas and stuff, but they were just turn and burn versus like putting something well-made, you know, yeah, the, quality. The, the people in Austria, the big ski cumbers that were passionate about what they did, they're just, we're not using it anymore. You're too expensive. We're going to China or we're going to Dubai and, and we're getting them made there. Yeah. And then, like we were talking earlier, all of a sudden this brand comes along, Corora, and they have this video log they have going called Yearning for Turning. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all these people are coming into my store going, dude, have you seen these? And I'm like, yeah, I carry them. I import them. I'm the only person in North America that has them. And... They don't have any graphics. They're white. They nothing about them, but they freaking rip. <laughs> and but do they rip harder than the other ones? They're selling you fun. Yeah. They're selling you fun that anybody can do. At a high level. That's what. And and I think that's what's bringing the Stoke back. Renaissance of, of snowboarding back. Yeah. Well, that, and I think they're kind of a few years behind what surf has gone been going through is, you know, how do you keep people engaged? You know, we, we grew up with one board in our closet. And, if, yeah. you know, now on the snowboard side, it's like, you know, hey, I got to have, and we talked about this earlier before the podcast is like, I got my, I'm going out solo or with my bros that are equally as good, if not better. And we're just keep up or later. Yeah. Like there's it. And then you go out and you know, with the family and the kids and you're kind of in a slower pace and you don't want to die and break a wrist every time. So you're on something catchy. And then sometimes it's just fun to take out a fish, right. you know, and sometimes it, it's powder and you've got to have your powerboard or you're, you're going to hate your day. It's right. not fun if you don't have the so right equipment. So we now have snowboard quivers. So now we have snowboard yeah. quivers, right? which, which is, is great for the retailer. It's great for the brands, but those are really only yeah. So when catering you, to the really small person. But, but it, I was going to say, it's still a hard concept to sell a customer yeah oh you need a quiver yeah you're just trying to you're just trying to sell me more stuff yes i am but well but what we don't type need, of surfing do you want to do yeah you what don't need time a of snowboarding you want performance to do? shortboard you know and everything went twin and again i think part of that era where they say the dark ages was everything they were producing was for that like all oh, fun and safe and cool but everything was on the marketing side was triple x games oh, crazy yeah. like x everybody's games. a you, extreme 
extreme. Anybody watching it would say, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to go there. Like, I can never do that. I That's terrifying. That's crazy. Why? That's right. That doesn't look fun. That's right. So, the, the, you know. Totally. It, you know, the marketing didn't really match up with, with the product they were trying to sell. Not everybody, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Full no, disconnect. 100%. 100%. So, going back to Bob McKnight saying, get out of windsurfing. Well, he, no, he didn't say that. No, I... I well, what he said to me was uh, reinvent yourself. Re reinvent yourself. Yeah, but you, you, and, and no, I take it now when I look back on it and I say I think that's what he was talking about. The end of windsurfing was the cool guys had all gotten out of it and moved on, and we were left with the kooky engineers from Boeing. <laughs> <laughs> it was and, not cool anymore. And, um, I totally picture those guys. And they would come in and we're extreme, and, and they would want to measure and nitpick yeah. and and you know you see them in the water they can't even you know it's like a guy that's nitpicking his fins on a surfboard and you see him you don't even know he, what it he does. can't even get to his knees and he's worried about his fins. The same thing happened there. Winchell had the best name for him. He called them wind wrestlers. <laughs> and he was like, oh, my God, the wind wrestlers are coming in again. And so it was like, okay. How funny Win is that Winchell guy? Winchell was the one that really was pushing me to move forward. Uh, but I, it was so much of my life, and it meant so much to me, and it, it built my business Yeah. that it was hard for me to give up. Yeah. But one day this one French guy was in there, and he was nickel diamond me to death. And I finally turned around and looked at him and went, Motherfucker, <laughs> I won't sell you anything. Yeah, get out of my store. Get out of my store. <laughs> I'm not selling Windsor stuff anymore. And the guy had the nerve to look at me and go, well, then how much do you sell it to me now for? Double. No, you know what I did? I packed it all up and put it up in the rafters in the back building, and it's still sitting there today. <laughs> I'll show you. I'll show you. And it's still sitting there. Brand new masks, brand new booms, brand oh new harnesses, gosh. brand new sails. You could probably sell it for a lot now. It's retro, right? <laughs> Who cares about retro windsurf? Nobody. Yeah, it's going to go in the, red, uh, that, the windsurf those, museum. Yeah, that, that's one of those <laughs> <laughs> retro that nobody wants. So, snowboarding. When was the uh, the downfall for snowboarding? When my Pop. best snowboard rep possible got fired from Burton Janie um, you 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 equate that to the demise for me okay and my shop Jamie Jamie I mean Janie Janie she, I, Janie Janie Smith I can't remember her last name but she was my Burton rep for years in what year was this because it, it, it's probably the timeline of thousands early 2006 five yeah somewhere yeah around there and hired one of my old windsurf reps Laurent. Mm. windsurf reps yeah he was one of my old windsurf reps so so he came from windsurfing before yeah. he got in the snow yeah yeah and me and him never saw eye to eye on anything <laughs> well he he's 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 had that lucky you know go luck charm and on his side too because right now you know he's he's in the french bakey baking like business. i don't know where he is <laughs> at all <laughs> nothing against laurent yeah but I, I, 
we always laughed and hassled each other all the time. Yeah. We were friends, but we heckled each other a lot. Yeah. We were like professional hecklers when we saw each other. <laughs> um, and he just happened to be the rep that they hired. There's nothing against him, but it was just... I had gotten double shipped some some red product and they had a, a whole nother line called red uh, I remember. and they didn't want to take it back and I never let it off the truck I turned the truck around never I never signed for it or nothing and still invoiced you they invoiced me and it, and it was a not not through UPS it was a trucking company and so then we ended up in a big lawsuit and come to find out it was all still sitting at the trucking company. Oh my God. Because I wouldn't sign for it and Burton never tried to get it back and it was sitting at the trucking company. Gnarly. Yeah. Yeah, Burton got to be too... Too big for their britches. Yeah. And, and I would call Jake, I would call Schmitty, I would call the guys that we start from day one together. But there's so many there and they, they, they couldn't like... talk to me because... The lawyers had it. That's crazy. So that, that was the downfall for in-flight. But I think what was happening was that was the downfall for everybody. Yeah. I think that was happening. That attitude Times. towards the retailer was happening all throughout the industry. Yeah. And so. They were in panic mode, but they grew too, yeah. too big for their britches. And they had, to, you, know, you know, like, again, it goes back to pleasing, you know. Shareholders. Shareholders. Well, and, and it was, and it was, okay, okay. Back up just a little bit, a little bit of everybody's fault. There was this whole little era of what we called gray marketing. Mm. Oh. It wasn't wrong, it wasn't right, but we're all gonna look the other way for Unsaid business out the back door. And we're all gonna look the other way. Guilty as charged. <laughs> this guy learned Japanese just so he could sell it out the back door. Well, and I didn't sell door. Snow I stuff. And side door. I had this guy working for me named Mike Shelton. Yeah. Oh, Shelton worked for you before us? Yes. No way. For years. Okay. Sheldon. High school. Mike Sheldon. Sheldon, yes. Yeah. So nice. Mike had just gotten back from his, uh, he had mission. worked for me, and then he went on his mission, and he came back, and he could speak fluent Japanese. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even realize it, and I had this Japanese customer come in after hours, and I'm like, uh... Hey Mike, you want to stay with me after hours? I got this guy coming in. I just need I need help. This guy buys tons of shit. Still not realizing Mike speaks Japanese. Just you just need to back up because he's gonna back up to box up a bunch of stuff and take it out of inventory. And he's all the guy starts rapping and he starts saying this, and then Mike looks at me and says, "This is what he said," and he wraps up like, "You understand what he's saying?" Yeah. He goes, oh yeah, I just I learned I know perfect Japanese. I wow, that's why I was out of my mission. Yeah. Well, of course, you know I'm so into myself. I'm not even listening to what he's telling me before. <coughs> and I'm like, that's oh crazy. my lord. Was that in the beginning of the boom, or is that no, like probably about you? the middle? Okay. And I'm like, boy, are we gonna do some business? Yeah. Yes. And then the floodgates just opened. Uh, so that's why Burton kind of tried to stick it to you because no, you made no. No, they stuck it to me only because they said I wasn't paying a bill. Uh, it was a big order, but double ship red. They had double shipped it. Yeah, and it was a whole truckload, like a semi truck load full, and, and it was going out to my Japanese customer. And basically, it just came to me, got unloaded, went right into a semi, and off it went. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, here comes another truckload of the same exact order, and I just went, no, 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 take it back. And so I refused it. Yeah. Well, I never thought anything of it, and pretty soon they're trying to bill me for it. And so that, that's what happened there. It really had nothing to do with the gray market thing. What happened there was all the manufacturers were like, you know, yeah. see no evil, do no evil. They're yeah. looking the other way. Yeah. Trust me, I... And they're building to these orders. <coughs> yeah, they, they know and you're not moving that much. And now they're setting up all these distributors in Japan and selling them also. And now all of a sudden, we've got the product and they've got the product. Remember, yeah. remember on the Merricks, they, they only wanted ones with the fish, the one that like, yeah. like yeah. that Al would sign with the... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Certain there, ones. There were certain yeah. ones. They went to black logo or, or the logo or, color. Right, right. Yeah. Something that they couldn't get because it was more exclusive. They could charge more yeah. based on like. Right. One thing I have to say about Burton is yes, like they got so big, so dominant, so arrogant and pompous. I remember like. But you know why they got like that? Their product was the best. It was yeah. It was. It was the hottest selling. All as the much categories. as we want to bitch about it, yeah. their, their product, their boots, their bindings, their clothes, yeah. everything was the best. But going back to their tactics of, yeah. of like leveraging every yeah. single thing that they could yes. with their yeah. red, with yes. Anon, yes. with you know the analog, shoes. They tried to take over the Gravis, business, like or, right. And and the way like I remember, you know, retailers telling me, dude. Burton would make you order this much for this, and then if you did e-com, they would make you do this. Yeah. And then you'd have to sign your life away. Yes. Yeah. They wanted to weed out the smaller players and just deal with yes. people that were. Yeah. You know, it was a different product. level of. But it was, you know, they they definitely went after the the Nike model because we hear that time yeah, and time again. Yeah. The first thing they the, wanted to do was weed out all the skate shops. Yeah. Yeah. All right. the half, you know. No, you got to bring in. Right. We're not just a board or boot binding or boot, even though those are the three main categories: right, and right. outerwear and first layer and goggles and yeah. gloves Clothing and, and I mean, it, you know, skate shoes and. Yeah. But how many could yeah. really bring in that? You know, you'd have to be a, a superstore to even carry like half their categories. And we've seen what's happened to most of superstores. Yeah. yeah, they're gone. They're gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let us buy what we know and. Isn't it crazy money. how our industry, and not just surf skate, but. Sporting goods. Sporting goods. Yeah. Remember Chicks? Sports Chalet? Sports Chalet? Yeah. Hello? Sports Chalet yeah. was massive. How, how can they go wrong? Yeah. Yeah. They sold to somebody that... Yeah. I mean, that was our go-to, you know, when, in regards to, like, you know, they had such a... a killer Sporting goods stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, right? killer selection. Hey, go, go camping, camping. You go there. You want to go diving? You go yeah. there. You want to go fishing? Yeah, you, you go a, there. Yeah. yeah. You want a new bike? You go there. Had yeah. had the yeah the. Your kid needs a new baseball glove. You go there. Right. You know, I, the, I think new the, swim goggles too. I yeah, think the the concept is still a totally viable concept. I think yeah. it's excellent. I just don't know if you could pull it off now with the the, the big, online. Yeah, online has killed multiple chain. Yeah, you really. I mean, for us. I can only speak for us. Um, it's really, you've got to have everything in stock now. Yeah. So our inventories are huge now, bigger than it used to be. We're more condensed than we used to be. Yeah. Um, 
if you don't have their stock, they just walk out and go order it and it's at their door the, the next day. Yeah. So you got to, yeah, you got to go a little narrower, deeper, which is risky because if you don't have a win and winning item or style or model, right. you're screwed. Right. So it makes it harder on the smaller guys that want to start a business, which, or like say my son's Hager Pirate. Yeah. It's much harder for these guys because who's going to take a chance with them? Yeah. Yeah. Pioneering new brand is it's tough, tough these days. and tougher now than it's ever been. And yes. amen. And the, and the lead times and everything, you know, yes. and the commitments, the, the, the pre commitments and the, everything is, yeah. yeah, it's, you know, forecasting out almost a year. So, right. let's get out of the okay, the, the business the, side the, of it. Yeah. And, and <laughs> so you have to straight, you streamlined your business over the years. Yeah. Still surfing every day. Still, how many At least days? Five days a week we surf. How, we try, how, I don't surf Saturday as much anymore. You put in over thirty days on the mountain last yeah. winter. Yeah, you're racing to, or you're 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 racing boat, sailboats. Boat, you're you're out on the water on the boat twice a week, three yes. times a week. Yes. And yes. what kind of boat do you? Anything I can get on. <laughs> uh, but right now, my my steady weekend, I mean weekday racing is is. I race Lido's, me and Missy race Lido's, which is a two-man boat. Two-man, one design, all the boats are the same, sails are the same, everything's the same. You know when we're on the Duffy boats and they're doing this across us? Yeah. yeah. That's that's us. That's. <laughs> um, and we love that fleet. It's a big, tough fleet. And uh, so we race that on Thursday nights. And on Wednesday nights, my daughter typically is skippering a, a 30, Catalina 37, which is also a one-design fleet that sails out of... Uh, Long Beach Yacht Club, and if you go by there, you'll see them all lined up. Yeah, it's purely a race boat. Um, so I crew for her on those on uh, Wednesday nights. That's awesome. And then, then I, you know, people call me and want me to crew on different boats, and because they can, all need hands here. People yeah. are out of town. Yeah, they need you, professionals. You need, yeah, you need deck people. You need grinders. You need trimmers. You need yeah. There's steers you need different people and so if you can do all those jobs well uh you get more calls yeah so um with the business with in flight yes you've scaled the footprint down yes. over the years yes and then kind of re rent out space to the salon and other offices, right? Yeah. So, over as the snowboard thing was going down, falling down in the two thousands, two thousand six, my dad had a massive heart attack, quadruple bypass, the whole thing. I don't have my brother had passed away. We got nothing. It's, I'm running mine. He's running his. He's got no one to step up and make it happen. Wow. He's the construction got, company. Yeah, he's got probably $10 million on the books and uh, nobody to run it. So I stepped out and tried to let them. By this time, Lori's gone. She's married. Uh, she's now Lori Borheath. Uh, she's got her whole life going. All, all the people, Winch has got his life. All the people that had surrounded me to, to build me to where I was at were gone. And 
um, I needed to go take over my dad's business because he couldn't work. And I thought it could run on its own. And after about a year of it running on its own, it was just losing money like crazy. Scarborough Construction? No, or? in flight. Oh, in flight. So I shrunk it down to the size of just the downstairs that you see now. Tiny. Tiny. Yeah. I rented the rest of it out and took my dad's business and completed the projects we, he was on. So otherwise, he would have lost everything because all those things are bonded. When you don't finish them, they come and take your house, everything else. and. And so you got to fulfill the contracts. So I had to fulfill all the contracts. I ended up out in Arizona for almost five and a half years. Shut up. Running heavy equipment. Wow. And completed all that. Uh, got my mom and dad to retirement. What a good son. And yeah. uh, came back into in-flight and started over again. 2009. Crazy. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, built it back from, we were doing, when I left, we were doing $3 million a year. When I got back, we were doing $30,000 a year. What? So humbling, huh? (laughs) Yeah. That is nice. It's a humbling thing, but I mean. And that was in 2009, and now, you know, this is hindsight 15 years later. And then I just had to say, can I do this again? I did it once, I can do it again. (laughs) Yeah. But all everything you learn and, and staying true, exactly. to, you know, staying true to, you know, what you know best and what you've always fall back on. And it's certain. In the beginning was, it was all by the seat of my pants. I yeah. was just doing what I loved. By the second go around, I did what I loved and what I knew brought us to all the other, which was the surf. Yeah. And you're shaping quite a bit. Yeah. So during this period when I came back. I started working with other shapers again because I, you know, I'd love to design all the stuff and and start building new templates and designing stuff with a few of the different guys. And, and I realized um, I want to do what I want to do. Yeah. So I built a shaping bay upstairs, and I just started building what I want to build and building it the way I want to build it, not. My, what I want and then their interpretation of it. Yeah. So I went and spent probably two months or more with Roger Hines at his factory and shaped and worked with him every day uh, to rehone all my skills. Nice. That's beautiful. And yeah. So shaping bay is there. Yeah. Um, you got your son out the back yeah, in the Haggard garage. Haggard Pirate. Yeah. Yeah, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. You, you guys are starting to hire reps. Yeah, you hired Ben Artis. He is. Yes, I. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah, I really don't have anything to do with his business. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's Ben, right? Ben. Yeah. yeah, and he is a haggard pirate. Yes. Yeah. They, Jake loves him. <laughs> yeah, they, and they're doing. They're killing it. Yeah, Florida you know, is like the pains, perfect serious growing pains because all of a sudden now. This guy's selling so much product. It's like, oh my god, now I gotta buy this much. Yeah, and I gotta prepare for this. Is everything he's getting is for next year. 
you know, when he's been like a buy it, sell it kind of online yeah. thing. Yeah. That's it's, awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's exciting and it's good. Ship off the scary. old block. Right. Just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And the difference is um, I learned, which is hard to learn as a father. Uh, you know, you want your kids to live these dreams that you have for them. Yeah. You don't ever do that. <laughs> Let them live their own dreams. Yeah. And because not one of my kids wants to take my shop over. Yeah. So it's really important to um, let them live their dreams and absolutely uh, support them with their dreams. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, a, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, you want what's best for them and, you know, maybe be a little bit more secure and cushy having them take over the family business, but would they be happy? You know? Yeah. No. 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 So doesn't do either you guys have dreams just yeah. like you did yeah and you and missy love what you're doing love it yeah, yeah. you guys and are you're still surfing there. five days a week yes yeah and, and you guys are there i've four seen missy at um anderson street quite a bit yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah that one day then i was the ways are good yeah and that's the funny part about me and missy when we go in the water we don't talk <laughs> we typically go opposite directions because yeah. we're both goofy foot yeah and we're just out there to catch waves we're not out there to you know yeah. talk to people <laughs> but it's a, you know it's amazing going back to like what you just said like you know your passion your dream and you're living it out to this day you know yeah. you guys get to surf you get to hang out with your your yeah. wife you guys are like yeah. you know husband yeah. wife business partners surfer partners yeah. Yeah. sailing partners snowboard yes. partner you know like you guys do everything together and you're yes. still together after 38 yes. years yes. and what's, congrats what's awesome too is like your business right yes. you, how many employees do you have you have Chance, you have four. Reed. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Jake Reed. Yeah. Four. That's awesome. You're still, awesome. you know. But some of the employees you had in those early days went on to be like big industry. Yeah. A lot of them. You know, like yeah. everybody asks like, how'd you get into the industry? And I'm like, well, I served. That's, our, that's everything I know. But we worked in the surf shop from, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's early as I can remember and just making connections and learning the exactly. industry and the business. And exactly. And you sponsor, uh, surfers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You do Grom Festa or Grom Surf? Grom Surf. Yes, yeah. I do. We love that. That's our, one of our favorite Your little summer series program. Yeah. That's uh, we, we, and we do them in the winter too. We do them whenever we feel like it. It's yeah. kind of just like a, it's a fun thing. Um, it's free. We don't charge anything. It's just a chance for all the kids to get together and surf against each other for fun. Yeah. And they that. have a lot of fun. Yeah. No, it's 15 and under, right? And it's amazing. Most of the kids, we get kids five, six years old. That's surfing so awesome. in it. Yeah. My grandma over there's eyes, eyebrows. Huh? You're eight, <laughs> huh, bro? We're going to Blackies tomorrow? You're too old what? for that now, bro. Yeah. Well, what's funny is a lot of times I mean, they, they, just, they just want to surf with their friends. So they're just in the short break catching waves and putting on a jersey. And they don't, we don't take it that serious. We just have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Just a good beach day. And we all eat out donuts. Some, give out some stuff. It's the one time I get to eat donuts is at the freaking Grom search. Yeah. <laughs> My weakness. I, yeah. I actually ate a donut. I haven't eaten a donut in years. And I ate a donut at, at the contest. At the contest. Because I brought so donuts. Yeah. So how do you have a surf contest without donuts, yeah, right? I can't. I'm going to get some tomorrow for the grounds, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, it, yeah. yeah any, been... any, uh, anything you want to promote or talk about? We're at three hours and 22 minutes, wow. bro. Yeah. 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 This has been a long this one. This has been, been a long, great yeah, yeah. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, no, dude, I really appreciate you guys wrestling me into doing this. Yeah. I know you had to basically wrestle me in we here. We did. <laughs> we did. But, you know, you, I've you, never and we got like what we asked before. for. And, we got, uh, you know, we're big fans and we, you know, we know what you've done over the last 40 years and, you know, we want to share that. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's an American dream. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, we're here to do what we want to do. And it's, yeah. you know, that's right. Live life, live life to the fullest. You and know, I think do your I, st- I still think any kid can still do what we've done. Get in the water. It's just finding the passion that's theirs and doing it. Yeah. yeah. Having the work ethic to do it. Yeah. Grinding it out. Right. That's the number one thing. Everyone says, well, your dad wants to give you this. Your dad wants to give you that. The only thing my dad gave me was work ethics. Yeah. That's okay. it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and opportunity. And, uh, you know, just when you're young, go for it. You go know, nothing to yeah. lose. Go for it. Love it. Yeah, no, this has been great. Have a great time. Go down yeah. memory lanes, huh? Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. I, I wanted to really make sure and let everyone know it's, uh, this isn't me. This was the group of people that, for sure. Know, I hope I've brought their names and stuff into uh, it. You know what? We'll yeah. get Missy on next, and we'll get her side of the story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Tom will be stoked that we mentioned him multiple. No, times. we're cutting those parts Lori out. Lori Bassett too. Lori Voorhees. <laughs> well, those those are just huge people in my life yeah. that made it happen. Yeah. And uh, Demos. I just, I just, there. Like I said, I had the ideas and I had the passion to do the technical side of it. Yeah. And they helped you. Execute they were the it. ones that made it. Ex- they executed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, just in any successful business, you need a team, and you know, you've been, you know, fortunate enough to, you know, have a great team. And Bob around. and Danny in the early years were huge. So for crazy. Me. Willie, those, all these people were huge for me. Yeah. Yes. They were all big giant supporters. I can't wait to see Laurent tell him like, hey. Windsurfer, windsurfer. Wind we used to have some of the greatest arguments of who was better oh, than huh. who. Every time we ever got together, it was who's better than who. Yeah. Right? yeah. So well, big. you we're supposed to get him on, and you were here first. Great yeah. guy. So Great you got guy. you're gonna have that forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we awesome. gotta shamelessly plug a couple of sponsors real quick. Uh, Earth, Earth Pack, Pack for, for all, all your packaging bag. needs. Yep. I saw a bonsai bowl card somewhere. There it is. Yep. Bonsai bowl. You got a couple of gift cards there. there. Yep. We got you a nice. We got late night with Chalky. There yeah. you go. We got you a nice hat. Thank you so much. Uh, Caballero pools, pools and spas. And spas. If you're, anybody's looking to do uh, upgrade in their backyard. Loose towels. Loose towels for your changing ponchos and beach towel needs. Uh, really? Um, yeah. yeah. What else? Have I ever seen those? Yeah. Loose towels? Yeah. I've, I've, Have you shown them to us? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to have to cut that, that yeah, part out. <laughs> no, Missy, about that. Missy does the look in. She right. knows. I don't know. Yeah. That's why I asked her. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. You're upstairs in the hard right. goods. But Missy, I don't want to know. Yeah. yeah. Um, this Neon Wave is a shop in Rochester that supports our show, too. Yeah. So um, right now, too, they're doing a... Spend $500 on... 50 500, uh, $500. Sorry, $50 on wow. their site and you get uh, a late night with chalky hat yep with promo, promo code late night and what's that a shop on the east coast yeah rochester yeah. rochester yeah and is it they have a shop and online business they do have an online, online business, business? Nope. nope shop shop yeah gotcha. predominantly cool. shop yeah very cool but yeah. yeah you know they they want to support the show and we love them for it and and you could get a hat you know very by cool. just yeah. purchasing 50 bucks or more dude Bob's but thank you. Can't beat those. Yeah, wow. amazing. Well, thank Scott, you, dude. Thank that you was awesome. Scarby, Scarborough, in-flight surf. No more sail. No. Just in-flight surf. Yeah. Yep.
Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Peace. Thank you. Bonsai Bowls, hands down the best bowls, period. Seven locations, two in Hawaii, five in Southern California. Bonsai Bowls, go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill, clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family-owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You could also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen, the best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen, it's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. Sunscreen. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Fuwax. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams, for our awesome artwork, and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.